I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Do you know where the afters So, it, you want to pull that, that mic? Yeah, so make sure thing. it's about a fist away from your face-ish. There. You can, do you want to pull these over yeah, here? Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, going to yeah, end yeah. up with a wet leg yeah. otherwise. <laughs> How's that? Yeah, perfect. You in? Hey, hey. Right, yeah. we're in. Right. Live so, kicking. This is a different one. <laughs> it is, isn't it? The Willis Brothers. Oy! Welcome to the afters. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. Back, Back in. Um, obviously, Sean, you're usually doing the, the questions with me. Yeah, um, yeah. And today I'm going to be uh, taking a bit of a lead because you are part of the Willis Brothers, for those yep. that don't know. Yep. Um, obviously, I know who you are. I haven't seen you in a long time, yeah, but um, I do know who you are. But for those at home who don't, who the fuck are you? Who wants to answer that? Go on, go on Liam. Uh, I don't know. Who are we? <laughs> <laughs> it's a great start. <laughs> God, I'll, I'll, I'll do this. Ex-DJs. Yeah. Ex-DJs, yeah. <laughs> the, the Willis Brothers made... <laughs> Some absolute classics. Yeah, you know, you know the ones. Yeah, your mom and dad are always listening to him. Uh, the Willers Brothers, we were um, DJs, residents at Egg for four years, second most listed DJs to play that club. And then uh, we lived in Berlin for four years. Uh, been on many, many an agency, which no doubt we're going to talk about today. And um, left the career for reasons um, really down to drink and drug use okay and we are actually real brothers yeah real brothers because we used to get asked that yeah all the time you are a little bit but if real life brothers though. yeah no real. but if you if you put me put you together when i first met you i wouldn't have guessed that you were brothers I don't yeah think. yeah a lot of people said that yeah so. well, we haven't seen we spoke outside we, you said we saw each other it mixed mag. I have no fucking memory of yeah, that. We so clearly, I was drunk. Absolutely, I mean, I definitely yeah. don't remember it. Either, you so. weren't even there. Ah. <laughs> 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 there we go. Um, but the first time we met was at 
the same time I met you was at DJ Mag in London with the the first office, which was like near uh, Liverpool Street. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah, I rem- yeah, near Brick Lane, wasn't it? Yeah, because yeah, yeah, you you were down playing the side. Yeah, down the side, and you guys were playing Egg that night, and you were like, "Come along," and I was like, oh, "Never been to Egg that. before. Yeah, yeah, I never been to yeah, Egg." Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So that was the first time we met. But what I want to do today, because we spoke obviously about your journey yeah, yeah, without yeah. Liam. Yeah. So what I want to do is I want to actually ask Liam. Yeah. Going back to the start, what does your journey into music and then the Willis Brothers look like? Like how 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 did you get into music? What was your journey like? What, what was see the... for me? I was a big raver, drum and bass mate. That from from thing. what age? From about when I moved to see, I moved from Macclesfield from from my mum's to live at my dad's in Essex, and when I moved there, <clears throat> I was always into drum and bass ever since I, I was like twelve, maybe even younger than that. I'd like tape packs buying all the tape packs I remember like Brocky what the fuck's tape packs oh, you don't remember <laughs> oh yeah they were like like tape packs you'd get it from like your local music shop oh yeah I remember I, got, I like Brocky and Dare Andy C Hype like so I was always into drum and bass and then obviously when I moved down south um I started to travel into London and funny enough like you know, we were going, Fabric was the main one, like players, but then I used to come into Vauxhall, like I remember coming to Fire, uh, Skibbity's birthday bash when I was about 19. So I was always like big on the raving scene. Yeah. And uh, especially like Fabric, I used to rinse that, man. I used to be at players every week. And then locally to us in South End, South End in Essex, we had a few friends that were like, DJ in house and uh, we used to go around after partying yeah. and uh, Ross Borringer actually yeah, he yeah, had I'll a pair of decks and I remember we started mixing on them trying to mix and I was like you know yeah, I could probably do this and then we bought the new marks because uh, we, we lived together at the time and, and what what so let, let's talk about the, the timing so were you 19 at this time no no this, this was, was a bit after, later it, it, I think about so from 19 to like 22 i think yep. i was pretty much drum and bass raving every single week and is this on your own you weren't doing the drum nah, and bass. He, well, i was in the military at the he time. didn't even you were in the army yeah okay. he didn't live uh I, I shared a house with a guy called luke and we used to go up to london every week on the train and uh, one of my other mates mark wallace who i'm actually still really good mates with um i mean yeah we used to just go out raving you know and then when sean moved in with me yeah we'd go out partying but i used to come down didn't i when i was in the military when i had like a weekend off i used to come down and liam used to show me the ropes yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'd be I'd flagging him, bro take him up fabric and <laughs> get pilled out my head <laughs> <laughs> and it'd be an afters and just messy yeah um so obviously i already had that sort of like for me and this later on you kind of reflect why it was so hard for me because i've always associated djing and music with raving and partying okay. do you know what i mean it yeah, was me all too. M- mingled into one this is why it was hard when it come to a point where oh you've got to start taking it serious i was like fuck that man this is, this is like, <laughs> what i do you know it's yeah. like what so we started djing in south end got the new marks mate we had them on an ironing board we shared a flat at that time <laughs> and yeah just from there it kind of spiraled again i think because i'd already been out raving in london from a young age i kind of was quite comfortable going into london yeah raves so we started going up quite a bit, didn't we? And getting connected with a few smaller promoters in the scene. And um, they were offering us to come up and like sell tickets to play. So for us, we were like, wow, this is the dream. Yeah. We're, we're superstars. 
we made it and uh kind of all just spiraled into one from there men so so go on well that was the, the f- i remember the first it was november weren't it i think was it november 2012 the first time we played in london was it i think oh no for egg where did we play did we play uh, a couple egg. of bars and stuff we played that? The Dolls House. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. The Warehouse in Tottenham. Ah, uh, yeah, we yeah. There. And then we played... Um, and he's selling tickets to get... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Selling yeah, yeah, yeah. tickets. Yeah. Yeah. tickets. And then we played the Rhythm Factory with Johnny. Ah, uh, Johnny. That, that was Johnny Fiore. Of, yeah, yeah. I Top mean, we guy. played there quite a few times. Yeah, yeah. And then at Egg, we played the New Year's Eve. That mm. was the first one. Yeah, yeah. And we sold loads of tickets and it went really well. Man. So they invited us back after. And then us being like the way we are, we were staying... Because Egg used to be open like all the next day, yeah. and we'd just hang around and kind of got to know a few of the promoters within the club. Hans actually, yeah, yeah, Hans. Yeah. He then said, "Look, do you want to come and do one of the rooms at Egg?" And uh, we were like, "Yeah, absolutely." Completely buzzing, you know, thinking, "You know, this is we've made it," and uh, we were good at that. Like, the, you know, the promoting, the ticket selling, it went well. And at the time, it was a big thing in London. I mean, you know, all the I think Fabric was on the only club probably not doing it exactly, at that time, yeah. weren't it? Pretty much any party you'd play at, there'd be another two rooms, which was full of ticket sellers. And to be honest with you, a lot of them ticket sellers now are fucking successful DJs. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's some big names that you'd be surprised that, you know, back in the day then, yeah. back in the day. Yeah, it's like, like 10 years ago. Yeah, 10 years ago, you know. It's it's still a fucking day. Yeah, it is actually, yeah, yeah, thinking yeah, about yeah. it. Like, yeah, 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 I wonder it goes great. It was quite a while back. <laughs> yeah. You know, they, that was the thing, you know, if you were good at selling tickets, then you were technically quite good at promoting, so. Wait, so it, that's almost like... Um, you're feeding the market in different ways. Waf mentioned this. So mm. you're either feeding the market with tunes or you're feeding... Tunes, is that, it was either you were good at production yeah. and you had a shit-hot release or you were good at selling tickets and you got and you made your way up that way. Well, it's it's not... It's not um, it's not stupid for some... Sorry, not stupid. It's not um, daft to think that if someone can actually promote themselves selling tickets, yeah, yeah, they yeah. can be be successful yeah. selling themselves as a brand. Yeah. Exactly. And that's how, that's how it builds, right? But and, and I think as well, like if you're performing every time you're playing, yeah. then that will eventually get noticed as yeah, well. Yeah. Absolutely. Because remember, a lot of people used to fucking moan about it, didn't they? They'd be like, oh, you know, you've got to sell tickets. It's like, well, what are you bringing to the party then? Do you know what that's I mean? If, if, you're not, if you're not making tunes and no one's coming to see you, like, what are you actually bringing? into the party do you know what i mean that's that's you that separates the the men from the boys though, yeah yeah in yeah. a way exactly, because yeah. yeah you've got like the people who are going to whinge and go oh mm. i've got to do this i've got to do that and you're the people who are going all right fucking give me the tickets yeah, yeah, yeah. i'll sell and them and do whatever i need uh, to yeah, do that's it and i think hustle it, yeah and, and this is what i'm saying and because of our musical background and our sort of drive to one in it then you can progress that way because like you say there's people that are like oh you know well i've sold five tickets out yeah, yeah, this yeah. set time as I was like mate I'll sell you 25 tickets put me on any time I don't give a shit yeah. I just want to <laughs> play do you know what yeah, I mean yeah. and that's I think com- goes a lot further than because you've got that attitude you want it do you know what I mean Absolutely. the amount of shitty gigs I played and I would never moan about it. I was grateful to yeah. be able to do something that I absolutely loved do you know what I mean yeah, pro- you're probably the same I dragged Friend, <laughs> family <laughs> members yeah, yeah. to different <laughs> cities. <laughs> I sold 25 tickets and put a minibus on from yeah. Newcastle to Manchester uh, to play the bar in Sankey's at 5 a.m. <laughs> to seven people, and I was fucking buzzing. Exactly. That's the shit that, you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get yourself the ladder. And, and I think people don't realize that. that 
because they only ever see DJs at the end goal. Yep. So yeah, they yeah, only yeah, ever course. see DJs once they've made it, but they don't see all that shit in the graft. And that's why people cannot really relate to it because they don't want to put in that graft. Yeah. And then they just say, oh, well, you must have just fluked it or this and that, or mm. you've got a ghost producer. Or just some. It's lady. easy for you to say. Have you stood at Traffic Bar every week yeah. playing to fucking about five people? Well, just, to, just to put that into context, when we first started playing at Egg, remember Bibby? Michael Bibby was playing Room 2, mate. He wasn't this, even playing this, the main set. You know what, what I mean? This is what um, people don't realise. Like, I see a thing come off on one of my Facebook memories. It was like, back to back with Bibby at dawn. <laughs> and, you know, he's like, fucking fair play. You know, he's yeah. absolutely smashed it. But he didn't just step into that no, position. No, he no, wasn't no. just giving. Mate, he was at dawn every fucking every, week. Yeah, every week. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, another one uh, who's a good example is Patrick Toppin. Yeah, Pat- mate, yeah, exactly. Patrick did, uh, he did a night in Newcastle for years called Motion. Yeah. yeah. And he did it at Digital. You'll, people, Many people know about it now. He obviously stopped it and he's doing his own thing in terms of the Patrick Toppin shows and, and the tour. But he did Motion every single month he was outside flyering with all his guys in the fucking rain in the snow for yeah, years yeah yeah he, he's a top he, guy so he's like, top I, yeah. I remember when he played at egg like this is one guy like i've you know i've still got him on instagram because we were actually you know he's actually a really nice guy we played back to back and i've seen his career kind of rise and now he's doing his own thing with trick and he's made it amazing but he deserves every single bit Absolutely. of that do you know yeah, what i mean he's yeah. put in that groundwork it's not like he went from nothing to trick trick was like the end goal from doing motion from doing i mean hot creations and yeah. he was grafting with them guys from how many bangers he had back in like 2012 yeah, yeah, like yeah. hit after hit like forget that yeah, yeah, yeah. and it still wasn't linear no. progress from a to b there was still bumps in the road and you know that shows that he's put the effort in but people only ever see that end goal yeah, so they're like yeah. Oh yeah, well he must have done it this one. You're like, no, there was actually a journey that but, builds up mm. to that. So even coming back to your journey then there, like the this we'll come back to the you said the the musical kind of background when you were getting into it. Your route into DJing was basically DJing after parties on fucking ironing boards and kitchens and stuff. Like just exactly, afters. Right. Yeah, is yeah, that yeah, how yeah, you learned? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. You didn't yeah. go one day, I'm gonna learn to DJ. You were just in the parties. That, that was it. And, and I think if you've got like a good musical interest which we always have done yeah yeah you know i'm not the sort of guy who can just put on the radio and listen to any old shit do you know what i mean i'd rather not listen to anything than listen to some absolute shit i'm very particular with music as is sean yeah, yeah. so when we were getting into music coming from drum and bass and sean coming from hip-hop when we started getting into house more sort of minimal it opened like a pandora's box on new styles of music and mm. i was like well i've never really been into house and I remember you used to like Eric Murillo. Yeah, I, yeah, I'd yeah. never. I was like, no, nah, not house, drum and bass strictly. I remember I, I, I was on like your iPod or something. You had an Eric Murillo yeah. CD, and I remember listening to it on the bus in Essex, and I, I was like, well, mate, yeah, this is right. <laughs> <laughs> like building. Like, and so for us, it was like, you know, when we were at the after party, I remember playing some days on on the decks at ours, mate. We'd play for like two days straight. Just like, yeah, I've got to do a track. Yeah, yeah. You never get bored, mate. Obviously doing fat rails at the time. <laughs> 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 you know, it wasn't just, yeah. you know, it's not like I was sober, like, yeah. Just drinking diet, diet wake corn. up at six, do some press-ups <laughs> and get on the decks. It was like, still awake, mate. Get another bottle of vodka in. Two more lines and we're away. But um, still, that was it, you know. That was part of the, yeah, of part and parcel of it. But still, I think having that sort of, it, what, our 
idea of DJing, it wasn't always just like, oh, yeah, we're going to hit the big time. It was just doing it for fun. Do you know what I mean? Mm. It has to be for love, man. Yeah. Exactly. And I think that comes across when you play. And this is how eventually you can build up in it. Even like we were not the best producers. Do you know what I mean? That took a lot of time. Yeah, but we still managed to get some sort of name for ourselves and play regularly because that's what we love doing. So uh, the production, let's go, let's go on to that then. So at what point in your careers, and you, it's mad to call it a career because you did do it for a fucking job, but like yeah, yeah. the career, the, you know, a career could be two years, it could be six months, it could be six years, whatever that is. That journey that you took from DJing on your fucking mate's kitchen tables to then, you know, knocking it on the head yeah, you know, yeah. after COVID or whenever that was. At what point did you go, we need to start producing in order to take it to that next level? I think... Was, was it a turning point? That, or was that, it just, I think we realised it early on. Yeah. Yeah. But we didn't know what the fuck to do. <laughs> like, we did not have a clue. How does that look I, like for you guys? And it you was guys. early on because I remember you bought that Mac. Um, was it an iMac? Yeah, the iMac. Yeah, you bought yeah. the Mac and we kind of got Ableton on it. <laughs> I love but, that. We kind of got Ableton <laughs> no, we, on I, it. We got Ableton. <laughs> but, fucking mate, if you've never done music production at all and you open Ableton, you're like, <laughs> it's like a oh, mind, mate. what is this? Do you know yeah. what I mean? Because you don't have any presets. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You don't oh, have... It's all blank. There's yeah, nothing yeah, worse than a like, blank Ableton. There's just like nothing in there. Yeah, you're like, yeah. what even is this? Yeah. Um, but obviously we realised early on that really to progress and get further and get your name out there that you had to learn to mm. produce. But I think when we really got into producing and when it started going well is when we bought the machine and we got the studio at Brick Lane. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. that's when we made uh, the We Are House release. Okay, yeah. The, the first one. Yeah. And I think for me still now, I think that was our best time of producing because mm. it was so... It, it, it was organic. Do you yeah. know what I mean? We weren't trying to copy sounds. We yeah. weren't trying to be like somebody else. We were literally going to the studio and just like, mate, that sounds sick. Like, put that on. Yeah, let's whack this in there. And like, yeah, let's put this bit. And we didn't really know the technical side. I wasn't listening to other people and going, oh, man, look, he's done a banger. I need to make it like that. It was like, mate, that sounds good. Let's put it in there. Um, interesting. And, yeah. I, and I think that's where... It was organic. It was fun that time, wasn't it? That was really fun. That's what I mean. We were going in the studio and enjoying it. Yeah, yeah. Because there was no... Like, we hadn't done really anything before, so there was nothing to To compare to. to, Mm. And there was nothing... There was no ego side of it. Do you know what I mean? We were just trying to make good tunes. And then I think when we were sending them out to people like Simphy, for example, it was like, look, this is good. It was like, oh, nice, man. You know, maybe we're we're actually all right at this. Yeah, yeah. I, I can relate to that. Um, <coughs> I've listened to back some of my uh, tunes on. I was going through some. I, w- I did like a gig a few months ago for a friend's wedding, actually. And I was going through some tunes and going to the first ones, like the shit ones, but then like yeah. the, the first release. And I felt, I don't know whether you're on the same wavelength here when you're talking about the one you think those are the best tunes, but I felt like they had the most... Um, I don't know what emotions not the right word. They had the most heart in them. Yeah, it was yeah, like passion, weren't it? Passion. It was a passion. That's, yeah, that's yeah, what yeah, I'm yeah. saying. Because it, it was organic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. As your career goes on, you start comparing yourself to yeah, everyone. Yeah, there's the pressure. Doing more drugs and you're like, yeah. do you know what I mean? Everything's like pressure, more gigs. We yeah. need to get bigger. As in back then, you were just doing it like, yeah, this is sick. Man. I'm just getting to grips with it. I'm loving it. I'm enjoying the DJ. Mm. And it's organic. And I think that's why if you can stay organic with your music and instead of worrying about what everyone else is doing just do it from the heart then you'll make music that eventually you know 
it might take a long time, but eventually, you know, you'll be making bangers that you actually really enjoy making. But the thing is, you don't really go in there. You obviously, you want to make a banger, but you're not going in with intent. There's no uh, intent. Just, it's like, yeah. I'm going to go in there and whatever happens, happens. Yeah, and yeah. make something that you like. So yeah. if you hear a sound, as in, as you go on, you're like, oh, yeah, but this might not sound good on this label, mm. so I won't use yeah. that. Even that's though, such a shame. You yeah, might have that, forgot about bangers and bangers. Like, yeah. But you think, if you just go in originally and you're like, fucking hell, that sounds good. Put that in there. And it's so much more organic. And then, yeah. But as you go on, you start making it, oh, well, this is a big label. I want to be on that label, so I've got to make it sound like this. And it just gets muddled then. You take this thing out and that, and you just don't know what the fuck to do. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You're just like, oh, your head's fried. You've been in there three days. You've done nothing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you've just made like five or six loops, and there's like yeah, nothing yeah. good. Yeah. I, think, I think there's pressure from all angles. There's pressure from yourself because we're probably being too hard on ourselves about the change we're making. Yeah, so yeah, you just, you're being very critical going yeah, this yeah. isn't good enough trying yeah, to find yeah. trying to seek perfection which doesn't fucking exist and then you've got outstern external external uh i think it's labels like, lab as well because you're but trying I, to get and it's, not, and it's not just that but labels are so selective so th their tunes that they release might not be good but it's from a somebody they favor yeah so that kind of you, you don't really know where you stand then they won't just give you honest feedback and say look maybe you should change this or they should just be honest say look the track's great but you're not a big enough artist do you know what i mean for this label yet they never do they just either ignore it or just send you some shitty feedback that literally does nothing so yeah. i think that's a big thing yeah i, I think they they, sh they stuck though because there's <laughs> the labels that we wanted to get on we're probably getting hundreds of yeah. demos. No, yeah. absolutely, mate. So it's, that, that, it's a catch-22, you know? Like, yeah. if you were a record label, I was a record label, I had my own record label, and I wasn't even big at all, very niche, you know? Yeah, I, had yeah. a, I had my own brand and stuff, so people who followed me would send tracks, but I was still getting 30, 40 demos a week. <laughs> yes. So imagine, yeah. like, the likes of, you know, the Watergates and all yeah, that yeah, stuff, yeah. or, like, Hot Creations, yeah. or all those guys. Imagine how many... I wonder how many they actually groups. get. Yeah, solid groups. groups. Fucking hell, man. Fucking hell. Jesus. They're getting that many demos. Their computer is probably physically yeah. heavier yeah. every yeah. day. Yeah. They got, like, one of them Bitcoin now, mining I, I, ones. I know what you're saying, though. Yeah, it's like... <laughs> You know, it's obviously it's not just on the labels, but that does play a part. Yeah, yeah. And I think that plays a part with your mental state later on. Oh, huge. Because like yeah. then you start thinking you're not good enough. And it's like a spiral then. You go in the studio, make something for a label that you don't really like the sound of anyway yeah. because it's for this label. They never get back to you. You think it's not good enough. So then you go back to the studio and try and make another track for the same label that never got back to you in the yeah, first place. Yeah, yeah. And you're just like constantly going around in a circle. Do you know yeah, what I mean? It, it's, um, it is a vicious cycle. And especially, I think it, you know, it, looking at my m mental state now, now I'm sober, like probably now it would be much easier because I, I know a lot more about myself, but w when you're like so high all the, all the time and you've been just getting on it nonstop every weekend and not sleeping, your anxiety level's already at like 99.9.7%. Oh, off the chart. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. that one little thing just kind of sends you off the rails and then you're just this nervous wreck of anxiety of just worrying about things that don't actually exist. And this is, you know, we'll get around to this later, but this is when I stopped DJing and COVID happened. I was like, Fucking hell, that was all just made up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no one gives a shit. Like, no. It doesn't even matter. That, that's, that's perfect. We'll roll on to that. So 
you know, your journey, I mean, is there anything else kind of you want to touch on in your careers? Because, you know, there's loads more to, to cover still. I'm, yeah. I'm honestly, I'm quite enjoying Liam. Yeah, taking I was going to say, I, I didn't want to leave you out, yeah, but yeah, I'm no, leaving you out. It's good, okay? man. I mean, it's I nice to that, hear. That's like how it started. You know, it, it started very organically, just mm. playing, you know, friends' houses and built up from there. And the studio was, you know, and then it, it's when started getting a bit rocky as well so let's go on to that then at what point in the career did it kind of you'd realize that things are getting like this is a bit too intense or you know for for me uh, it was up and down early on because like not gonna lie sean was a fucking nightmare man well this was the next like, question yeah. what, what was it like <laughs> because obviously sean's been very open yeah, about yeah. his issues his addiction yeah, you know yeah. those those uh, bad habits what was it like being on the road with someone every, every week it who was, was going through fucking a nightmare mate it was it was hard man because he was so temperamental like i, w I wouldn't know what would be next you know <laughs> what I mean? like there's fuck knows we could go to a gig and i would not know what was going to happen really that yeah bad? yeah it was bad yeah okay it's like because he's just a bad drunk do you know what i mean he knows that himself it's yeah. not like it's something that's been hidden, but I, I just, I wouldn't know what was going to happen, so. Give me some examples. What, what what do you mean? Like Just like at gigs, like the way he'd act, and just like the more drinks he had, like the more people he would annoy, and the more things would start going wrong, and I'd just be like, fucking hell, man, this is embarrassing, but but we're playing together, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so it's it's like, probably wasn't good for your mental health either, because you were probably man. always And worried. I was high as well, so yeah, it's not so. like I was sober saying, oh, don't do that. I was like, you know, just as bad. I just knew how to kind of control it a, a, a lot more. That, that's, I mean? That was going to be another question. Did you have the similar issues with him at any point? Or was it <laughs> much no, more one-sided? No, I'm, I'm, one I'm very one good. Like, for me, I'm not the sort of uncontrollable drunk okay. and addict. Yeah, I'm yeah. just the sort of person that never stops. Okay. Like, when I start getting on it, I, I could be, I'd disappear for three days, mate. Like, in Berlin, I, I did five days without sleeping. Five days? Five days, mate, from Wednesday to Sunday. And, and even Sunday, I was trying to go out still, but my uh, my body physically couldn't s keep my eyes open. On speed, oh. ketamine, everything, man. Speed. Because uh, when I was moved to Berlin, like I'd never done speed. When I got there, I was like, fucking hell, five euros a gram, mate, and you can stay up for three days straight. I was like, <laughs> get in. Fucking loaded yeah. it in, mate. So, yeah, just a fucking... Berlin was a complete, absolute crazy... For me, absolutely mental time, mate. So what year did you move to Berlin, just to re recap What that? year was it? It was, it was about 2017, I think. So you're a few years into your career now. Yeah, then. yeah. Four years, I think. Four years yeah. pro like, been properly. Egg. We'd been at Egg, and that was uh, a good time. We'll just go back to that. You were residents for at Egg, egg right? yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we used to work in the office as well. That's where it was. It start, did it start in the office? Or did you no, know? Oh, no, it started, started. as the residents. Oh. Um, that was going well. Like We did well there, but it was getting to a point where... It was kind of drying out. A it bit. was a little it was getting a little bit sour. Yeah, uh, I think they'd had enough a bit of our antics as well. You know, like <laughs> Me not going there, uh, get, getting fucked up every week, asking for hundred drinks tokens, <laughs> sitting in the green room, <laughs> fucking three days, asking for cabs back. You know what I mean? Just taking the piss. Yeah, basically. Yeah, At the right. time, I was so obnoxious. I didn't yeah, think, yeah, oh, yeah, too, oh yeah. mate, how come they're not giving me a cab back and tw two hundred drinks token? Yeah, you know, I'd be there Friday, Saturday every week, mm. just drinking for free, sniffing. And this, it, this is it. It comes back to the the intoxication. So yeah, yeah. cocaine is one that boosts your ego to a yeah, to the yeah. max, mate. One hundred percent. That's yeah. what I mean. You think that you are not doing anything wrong. Yeah, the world yeah. is against yeah. you. If anything happens, it's everybody but yours. Yeah, fault. And that's, yeah, yeah. That is what coke does. Do you know yeah. what I mean? That is what 
Like, even if you don't think you're an, addi- a, a, an addict... A dick. A- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you don't well, think you're yeah. a dick, you probably you are. are. <laughs> <laughs> you have to kind of ask yourself then problems. Is this been a problem for you? Do you always feel that the world is against you? Because nine times out of ten, it's not. You're the yeah. one making the fucking issues. Yeah. And I think it takes a lot, as especially for a, a guy, you know, or macho, to actually say, you know what, I'm a, I was a fucking dick. Like, mm. maybe I do have some issues. Maybe there's some things that... I need to ask about myself. Do you know what mm. I mean? Because at the time, I, we couldn't see it. Like, nah, nah, I couldn't have thought, mate, no. mate. We got kicked off the Watergate agency, yeah, for being fucking dicks. And I, I thought it was their fault. Yeah, I was yeah. like, how oh, dare they? Like, I was, you know, owed this right. When yeah. really, when I look back and think, mate, the only like young British guys to be on the Watergate agency, fucking how people would, you know what I mean? Like yeah. that opportunity there is golden. Like if I'd worked at that, you could have had a good fucking career. But at the time I just didn't see it. I could not see it, it was like tunnel vision. It was like mm. anything happened, it was their fault, you know, never us. Um, but yeah, going back, I think we left London around 2017. Okay. Um, and you went straight to Berlin. Was it because you got signed to Watergate or were you going uh, to see yeah, that? Yeah, it was because of Symphy. Okay. Um, she said, look, do you want to do the We Are House label, which we'd already launched. And um, like Sean and her got on really well for yeah. a time. Like I, I spoke to her a bit, but I'm a bit more reserved in that sense. Yeah. Um, and she was like, look, I'm going to get a studio over here. Why don't you move over? Because we've played a couple of times, yeah, haven't we? Yeah, and, we, and it's when she did uh, Best of Modus. And we knew Diego. Yes, that was it. She invited us over to play at Grease Yeah, fucking sick what a weekend that, that was! Yeah, yeah. Sick gig that yeah. Was. She invited us over to play um, at Grease Moolah. It was, it, was, it, was it the Soban one, was it? Or was that the one after? I think she invited us to play the first time, and we stayed for the weekend, and then we went back for the the Soban because we promoted that part. Yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah, um, and mate, we went over there and like. You'd been to... I, w- I went with Pete, didn't I? Yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah. that was it. But we went over, and I remember we went to Griesmuller, and we stayed after, and then we went out to CDV after that, yeah, and, that, and we were like, fucking hell, mate, this place is mad. Yeah. And after that, we were like, well, we've got to sort of like see what, you know, let's come over again. And I think we went to Watergate on a Wednesday once. Yeah. We started going over like every three or four weeks, you know, just going over there. And thought, yeah, th- this is because we were staying at Airbnb, remember? Which one was that? With the guy with the kids. <laughs> and and he, he, all his drink. His drink oh, like, fucking hell. You like, did yeah, it, but yeah. it was like Maker's Mark and all his expensive fucking whiskey. Oh, a bunch of Mate, But at the time, you know, we was, yeah. you know. Well, I've heard worse stories than that. Didn't you throw fucking tellies out oh, the window yeah. like oh, Motley yeah. Crew? <laughs> that was Didn't it. you do a Motley Crew yeah, somewhere? I did, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Probably going to that. 800 <laughs> worth of damage. Good one, mate. Anyway, back to Berlin. So you were there and you were like, I've got to move here. Yeah, yeah. And then Ed... Uh, from Bester's Modus, nice guy, super good guy. Yeah, I was yeah, like, look, man. I've got an apartment for three months that that you guys can kind of come and move in uh, if you want. Um, the the lease is short, but it will get you over here. So we were like, fuck it, let's go, man, let's let's do it. And so, what was that time time frame like from getting back and going right, we're gonna do it to actually? It was getting a quick there. turnaround, weren't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. It was a turnaround. I think time. it was like six months from the first time we went to when we moved. Oh, wicked! So it, it was, was like, like summer, and then we moved in the. When, I can't remember, I, bro. No, I can't remember. Or was either. it free? Because Germany's like minus 13 in January, yeah, I'm not sure. It? Was it the 15. summer we moved? I think I'm sure it was Berlin. the summer, man. The following summer. It was August when we played the Griesmüller gig. Yeah, and yeah. And then yeah. I think we started going over all winter. Yeah. And then we moved the following spring. 
But you'd never got signed to Watergate before you got there. Um, no. no was, was you actually moved to Watergate? No, you moved to Berlin. We moved to Berlin, but I think we may have played there once. Yeah, we was, yeah. We was already t- in talks because yeah, we did yeah. like we did a couple of parties. We did like the there was the Galuzzi one, weren't there? Yeah. That we played, and then um, we did the was it Seb OK one as well? Was that another? Uh, one? We did a Vortre. A Vortre, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I don't Sante's party. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sante. And obviously we were getting quite close with Sante, and yeah, yeah. and obviously we were working with Cynthia as well. She was on the agency at the time. Weren't she you? was on the agency. Agency, yeah. yeah so wicked so you, you so you got you got into berlin and then so how did things kind of escalate from there how also how long were you in berlin for uh four years you were in there for four years, years. So you're there yeah. for a decent amount of time yeah, yeah. decent amount of time yeah. yeah sean actually moved back for a stint yeah, yeah. oh did you I yeah yeah, yeah. when my when when my i mean i was, I was bad but about this point yeah, weren't yeah. it yeah it's uh so let's go let's go into it so you moved to berlin what what does that jane look like from from the first you know messy yeah. mate the first yeah. night uh, I said to Sean, like, when we moved, because I was in quite a bad place, like, mm. f- mentally. Like, I was massively overweight when I when I left Berlin, uh, London. I split up my girlfriend of four years to move to Berlin. Um, and I was like to Sean, look, when when I come over, he would already moved before me a, few, a week before, I Something think. Like that. And I was like, look, mate, I, I don't want to move to Berlin and fucking do exactly the same thing as we've been doing here, just getting fucked. So we moved. On the first night we went out to CDV, got absolutely fucked. And then in the morning, we just got in like some mad argument and it was all too much for me, mate. I was like overwhelmed, like I don't want to stay and Shit. walked off, nice grabbed day. my case and that. Yeah, I was in tears. And it was just a lot for me to take in because I was like, well, we've moved in now and we've done exactly the same thing that I didn't want to do. And it's only night one. Mm-hmm. And we were sharing, like, the apartment was just, like, one room, like, a studio apartment. And I just thought, fuck, man, you know, it's going to be a long road, whatever. Um, so that was night one. But after that, it was it was all right. It was, it was. I thought the first, like, that first year of Berlin was was great. Do you know what I mean? It was, obviously, it was a lot of drugs and stuff. But, yeah, yeah, a lot but, of partying. And a lot of partying, but it was, it was a nice It was time. good, yeah. And I, I actually integrated quite well. In yeah, Berlin. yeah. Like, I had a good... Like Yannick, uh, like one of my friends there, like crazy guy, man, like fucking top geezer, like really top guy. And yeah, the first year was good, like yeah. Heidegger, yeah, man, yeah. like that club is just fucking unreal, man. Like it was good. It was felt a, a part of the scene. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like we felt a part of Berlin, I think, uh, very early on. You, which you, was you nice. felt like you f- it was the right move, of, obviously, after that first night, which was a disaster. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, you yeah. Kind I, of felt, yeah, felt yeah. right. 100%. Mm. Um, Especially for me, like I was in my element there because I was just like, the drug culture was so big there and I was like, this is just perfect. It's accepted. Everyone's getting on it just like I do. Like three days, I was like, everyone's still out, man. So I was like loving it like big time for, you know, for the first couple of years, for yeah. sure. It's, it's hard to put a time scale, you know what I mean? When you're thinking well, back on like the actual times of things. Well, the, the, one of the issues is, and I, I struggle with this, when I'm talking about me being on tour, there's countries I've been to, I can't remember even because yeah, 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 yeah. I was so, like, fucking not even up. just saying I'm battered, but I was, because I'd been battered, I wasn't recovering. Mm. So my memory's very this, this big. This is what was happening yeah, to yeah, me. Yeah. This was a massive thing. Yeah. That I was going out Friday, Saturday, Sunday, not recovering properly and i just couldn't look after myself and before i knew it 
Thursday was round again, mm. and it was time to. And in it Berlin, again. it was even worse than that, mate. Wednesday, Wednesday Watergate, Wednesday. Yeah, Watergate, Wednesdays, Thursday, and then, yeah, it all just. And were you working full time, or were you working f- like as in were you DJing? DJing. At, at first, I was DJing, but I did work. You did. This, I think after the when Sean moved back, what happened is Sean moved back, and uh, I needed uh, somewhere to stay. Yeah, yeah. Because I didn't have an apartment. We were living in this guy's house, and it all went tits <laughs> up. So I was like, right, I need uh, to stay to find somewhere to stay, and uh, that's when I met Chris at the. Mm. Uh, at the Heidegger and he was like, well, I've got a room at mine. So I was like, well, I'm moving there. And that's when I got a job at the, at, in the kitchen. So I was working for a bit of it. And so what was the reason you moved back? Sorry, well, my um, I, my granddad passed. I was really close to him. I think that just hit. It yeah. just went a bit too much. Like Berlin at this time, I was doing a lot of, a lot of drugs. I was in a pretty bad place. And um, yeah, it just got all a bit too much. And um, How long did you move back for then? How long was it? That, like six months. Yeah, something like that, yeah. But before he moved back, like I was pretty messed up. I remember we yeah, did yeah, yeah. Sissy Foss, New Year's Eve. This was a big, this was real fucked up time for me because we did Sissy Foss, New Year's Eve. I don't think you turned up. No, that I night. think I missed that one. And the guy I was with at the time was like, oh, you know, we've been doing Ket all night. We've been doing uh, Coke. He was like, oh, do you want some 2CB? pulled it out in the bathroom and he was big on hallucinogenics me like an idiot just went yeah i'll take it took it not knowing what fucking 2cb was full one full one mate and he was like he took me aside he was like liam mate i'm going to be honest now like i I do a lot of 2cb and i've this is one of source from amsterdam and it's like the strongest i've ever done in my life and i was like I'll be all right, mate. That's what you need to hear. And Fast is like, I don't know if you've ever I've been I've never there. been. Oh, oh, that's mate, crazy, it's like, man. It's like a super eccentric club. Like, everyone's like hippie and like, oh, fire. There's like this thing that goes with fire. And, mate, I was sat there, and I'm not even joking. It was like a dragon breathing fire over the crowd. I was looked at the bar, and it was like Mario Kart. <laughs> and everything was like illuminous. And everyone's eyes were going, ooh, in the face. And I was like... What the fuck, man? I went to Dennis. I was like, Dennis, mate. He was like, (laughs) he's looking at me like, Liam, mate, you're not looking. I was like, Dennis, Dennis, mate, I'm fucked. He was like, right, come on. He sat down. He was just like holding me, and I was just fucked, mate. Everyone was just like wild, and then it was about everyone was wild, mate. And I was just everyone I was looking at. I was thinking. Is my eyes over here? I wonder, what, <laughs> I wonder what they're looking at me like. And I was just like, fucked up. Honestly, I was insane. And he sat down with me for like two hours. I was like, right, I'm going to be all right now. I'm going to be all right. So we walked through into the garden. You know where there's like the shimmering and it's like condensation? Yeah. That was like snowflakes. Oh, and I was God. like, what the fuck? I was like, no, I'm not all right, mate. I was like having a panic attack. And I remember I, w- I got a cab home and the driver was just talking to me the whole way oh, mate. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> breathing mate having the worst like I, the thing is before this i'd never had a panic attack in my life i didn't even know what it was oh, right remember when i got back yeah, that night yeah, yeah and yeah. i was like sean mate and he was like look just lay down you're gonna be all right and i was like mate i'm really fucked up here and the thing is we had a gig i think the new year's was on like the sunday and we had a gig at watergate on the wednesday mm. it's like the the third or the fourth yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And uh, I had a friend coming to stay with me um, from London. And I was like, yeah, so I had to go back out. So we went out to Watergate. 
got on the gear and all that, and he had this really strong weed. So remember, he used to smoke loads, yeah. uh, Joaquin. Ah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, I had a couple of drags, mate, and boom, it happened again. again. I was like, what the fuck, mate? I just remember like my whole chest going tight and just thinking, I'm, I'm dying, mate. I, I'm fucking, this is it, it's over. Wow. Ran out the apartment, left him there, mate. Phoned the ambulance, on, mm. on the, just sat on the street, like, I'm dying, dying. They come with the ambulance, come and got me. They were like, look, you're fine. I was like, honestly, I'm dying here, I'm dying. They were like, oh, you're not, you're having a panic attack. I was like, no, I'm dying. You need to take me to hospital. We're, like, we're not going to take you. He was like, I need to go to hospital. Took me to the hospital. I just lay on the bed, just just thought, mate, this is it. It's over. And then turns out it was just a panic attack. People who haven't had a panic attack don't understand. Oh, mm. mate. It, but you're, but you're you know, after this then, after this, I, I maybe have, I rang the ambulance another two times after this. But every time, like, I'd, Stupid, because at the time you, I couldn't even see it. This is how fucking dumb and so sucked into this lifestyle I was. I was having these panic attacks and still I was carrying on to do drugs. Yeah. I remember there was like a few times I went out and I literally just had to leave, man. There was this one night though, it just sticks in my head. It was like a really hot summer's night. I'd been out and I'd really been getting on it. I think it was like size party down in like Anomaly or something like that. And I proper just tripped out. I was like, I had the worst panic attack. I got home, mate, to where I lived. And I was just like, fuck, I'm going to die. But I can't ring the ambulance again. And I'm not joking. I walked around the block, like in my shorts and T-shirt, sweating. It must have been 60 times, mate. Just like breathing in my head like i'm not gonna die i'm not gonna die i'm not gonna die and it just wouldn't pass mate oh. it, and the thing is it was the panic attacks were so intense they were like i'm gonna die i'm gonna die i'm gonna die i'm gonna i'm dying i'm dying i'm dying i'm dying just constant it was like it wasn't like it was easing off it was for hours <coughs> just going on and on like that and this was happening to me like for, for about six months to a year pretty much every other time i went out and got on it or because it was triggering from you know when I did that two CB man, yeah. so, so, so it, it was ever that that was the turning point. I'd, of I'd 2CB. never, I'd never, never ever had, had a panic attack in my life until that day, and then after that it was fucking scary, man. I was like, because it was you know obviously wasn't prepared for that mm. sort of thing, and the amount of drugs I'd been doing, the anxiety, and and it just. Yeah, it was fucked. But still, I, I've just carried on doing Mad drugs. that, though, isn't it? With drugs, like, but you know, now we're talking back yeah, about man, all this like, stuff. It's like... And, and I couldn't even put my... I would, I would do anything and make an excuse. Oh, it's not that, it's mm. this. Uh, but it was to the extent the panic attacks got that bad. At my job, I had a double espresso and had a panic attack. Oh, yeah, the caffeine. I, I went white as a ghost, mate. They were like, what's up with you? I'm like... At that point, then, I knew it was a panic attack. Yeah. And I just had to, like, sit down for, like half hour and kind of let it pass do you know what i mean i'm interested to to know if the overuse of drugs <coughs> and obviously that you know there was obviously a turning point which is the 2cb but after that 2cb obviously there's no 2cb in your system but that's registered as like a memory yeah. that, even even so strong so caffeine is so going to just trigger so when that bag I'd, when, I'd go, when i'd go to sissy foss the club even sorry even just being there could trigger it just the surrounding yeah, yeah because right. it was Whoa. the same it was mad like uh, there was one time i was with kreutz ago and i was like i'm going they were like why are you going like we just got in i was like no, i need to go and they were like that's weird and i literally just left the club because I, it. we went in the toilet the cubicles where it all first happened and my brain just must have registered right we're back this is it you've 
and it was just mad. Like, oh. did you ever experience the anxiety like that through do, doing <sighs> drugs and drinking? I don't know. I think I was more of an emotional wreck rather than um, than that sort of anxiety. But I, I mean, not like not like Liam did. No, not like that sort of a panic attack for sure, man. No. Yeah, it was it was bad, man. <coughs> but but, but we, 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 like Dennis, man, he got sucked into it, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, he like the guy him. that I did it with passed away now this is really the, yeah. the guy who you were talking about yeah, 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 yeah. the guy who gave me the, the, the tcb like, and he used to work at the bar at watergate yeah. he was like a good friend top, man. top boat man. and yeah. is it from from drug use from it? drug he's from xanax actually he, he went out partying uh and then it took a sleeping pills and, and then never woke up so there's some fucking awful well really interesting studies coming about um downers man ssri but mm. i've took xanax myself mate that's, oh, no, so the, have I. that's the one time as well where i thought i was gonna die mate from xanax because i i, I was uh, it was i'd been out on partying all weekend i took a xanax and i had no control over my body yeah, I was like, I remember so I like stood up and I like fell down and Chris, the guy I live with, was like, well, you need to go to bed. The next thing I woke up in just a pool of dribble and I was thinking, like, I had no control over that. Like, yeah. if, mm -hmm. if I was not to wake up, I w do you know what I mean? It's yeah. not even like, and the thing is, there's no limit once you've took it, as in with gear, you kind of know, like, fucking hell, like, you know, I'm yeah, yeah. my arms raised a bit, I'm <laughs> not going to do another one. Do you yeah, know yeah, yeah, yeah. Give it 20 Give it minutes. 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah, no. But with that, that's you, issue with any if you, pills. Yeah, anything. yeah, yeah. So like, even like a pill. If you took a pill, you've got to just fucking ride that that's out. That's what yeah. I mean. Yeah. Like, well, with the, the two CB, for example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, just oh what you need God. to hear as well. And yeah. <laughs> he said that, mate. You just that's, be like, like oh, there's nothing. No. You, yeah, well, that's what I mean. When he told me that, I was like, fuck. But is this the drug use is just like, you know what I mean? Like, how what? many people suffer with stuff like, like, do you know what I mean? It was clearly the drug use. All this yeah. story is all, you know, yeah. all the mistakes we made, like all the arrogance, all the ego, all the health problems, all drug related but at that time it wasn't the drug it was fault. anything no. yeah, yeah, and, yeah. The, and the thing is actually the guy that i moved in with in berlin was ended up paranoid schizophrenic and uh it's it's a pretty messed up story actually like mate that that house i was living at mate he was sniffing coke every day like i would wake up i don't up, get how people can sniff mate, coke every I, day. I would it's wake fucking... up like on a tuesday yeah i'd have work the next day mate and there would be like girls like lay being sick in the toilet oh. like people queuing up for the toilet and it was like i had to go to work there'd be like 30 people all german in the house i don't even speak german all fucking absolutely off their head and i was just like mate but he so he was getting really weird man like is this the guy you moved in with after sean yeah yeah yeah, 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 exactly, okay, yeah. Cool. and he was getting everything was getting fucked up like mm. drug Drug taking had gone from like here to here and here, 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 and it was rising, you know. I could feel the pressure. Like, I was going around this girl, Lena's house, mate. Yeah, yeah. We were doing just fucking so much coke. Like, a friend come to visit, and she was like, Well, one thing I've learned about you guys, you like really love cocaine, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, uh, yeah, pretty much. Um, but, mate, like, this guy I was living with started i know he had maybe some mental health problems anyway and then i got a call from his girlfriend his ex-girlfriend like oh you heard about chris and i was like no why she was like oh well i wouldn't go back to the house if i was you because he's in a mental home 
and it's a bit of a mess in there. And I was like, fucking hell. I remember you rang me then. Mate, I went back to the house, bro. I've never seen anything like it, mate. It was like, you know, fear and loathing when he sat in the bath. Yeah. It was, mate, the whole place had been turned upside down. There was five and a half grand in euros on the bed where he'd got his savings out. It was like, it was scary, man. Like I literally had to get my stuff and go. It was... I don't know. You could have caught, caught up in that n- no bother. Uh, that's what there. I mean. But just mm. you could see where it was going. Yeah. You know, like the pressure point was almost boiling, and uh, obviously it all got too much. But you know, we were doing drugs every single day. Like I'd get back from work, and he'd be like, "Oh, you want a line of cat?" I'd be like, "Yeah, mate. Look, fuck it. Let's crack on in it." CKs, you know, like absolutely yeah. smashing gear every single night. Mm. Yeah. Uh, mate, I had like. It's a story, you know, I'm not proud of it. I had like an infection here on my nose and it was <coughs> horrible and I was just still sniffing packet. Right, I didn't, it didn't even care. I was just like, fuck it, man. Mm. It was sad, mate. Like I was, you know, I was well overweight as well, super unfit and just complete drug addict, mate. Yeah. But I was good at masking it as well, you know. I was all Mr. Jolly in the party. But I'd get home, mate, and I would be sort of like emotionally depressed. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, what were your feelings at that time obviously when you're you know when you're doing gear when you've got an infection you're just doing it anyway are you feeling guilty about it have you got yeah, remorse mate, there, there was a time like when i went to amsterdam with kevin mm. um like we just randomly went to his house and i got there and we did a party at his and uh we got like fucked up at his house party then we went to toysarven after and got super messed up, mate. And like after that, mate, because my nose was proper bad and it was all like bleeding. It was like here. And I was like, sat on his bed, like almost in tears. And he was like, look, man, I'm fucked. Like I need to sort this shit out. Do you know what I mean? And it just, yeah, it was horrible, mate. And then the weekend would come and it was all systems go again. again. And I think that was part of masking it, you know, being uncomfortable with myself, not being happy with how the career was going. Mm me and sean not really getting on you know like wasting a lot of time and just yeah it was was quite an emotional time you know and then coming to the close of that journey in berlin (coughs) when did you guys leave berlin well it was in covid so when when covid hit um that's when we started to sort shit out well that's when not the first half no not the first first half half, i was smoking a lot of weed like this is when i really started to hit the weed harder (laughs) fucking hell mate i was not joking mate i was doing 10 joint i got some pictures mate like they're fucked like i look like hagrid mate like big joints in my mouth and that i was proper not joking mate i was blazing like 10 i'd wake up mate boom big fat joint mate absolute heavy ender (laughs) i'd I'd fucking have david dickinson's on the tv mate (laughs) (laughs) beat up mate this is me locked for the day there was a shop just across mate i'd go over snacks are in fucking get some croissants from Lidl and that get these cookies they had these home-baked cookies mate i'd go in mate he'd be bagging them up already (laughs) (laughs) i was just like heavy ender mate like every day just literally just blazing like as much as i possibly could staying up till like three in the morning and then fucking doing it all again 
literally stay in bed till like midday first thing normally there'd be a half smoke joint in the ashtray from the night before where i just couldn't possibly smoke anymore wow. i'd get that blaze while i'm rolling another one mm. so this this is in berlin yeah yeah this, in berlin, this yeah. is in berlin but at this time sean was starting to like sort his shit out oh so yeah. before, before that yeah 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 so now back. this is like yeah, when yeah. covid happened so this is when sean kind of like sorted it like he had a different apartment to me and he was kind of like because we do, we trained before, before all of that. Yeah. We used to train together. So we, before we, we started music, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, yeah. We were training together. We was into weights and just like, you know, like, I don't know. Like, it's always. Yeah, training. We were training quite this a lot. Is, this is one of the questions I wanted to ask you because I didn't know this about Sean until we started the podcast, but he was in the army. Yeah, yeah. So he'd got these uh, traits of discipline and mm. fucking Exactly, rack. yeah. Where where do yours come from? Because you've had an amazing transformation, and you you're, you're very disciplined. They're, they're now. what I've built in in myself, really. Okay. Is, there was no like for me, it's still something that I work on now, day to day, as in. But I think without Sean being there to help me, because like he was starting to diet and stuff like that again, and and he was running, and I'd never ran. Yeah, and obviously he was coming round, and I was like absolutely blazing my head off. And he was kind of like, look, you know, maybe it's time kind of start changing a little bit start because we used to diet before like we was like quite into it and that and so you've got a bit of experience yeah in yeah, yeah, yeah when yeah. we was yeah. early that 20s sense, weren't yeah. it? early like, 20s like, mate okay. we were training it was good like yeah, we yeah. trained together and it, it, it was good and he was like look you know maybe you want to start you know thinking about about what you're doing and at first me being me i took it like a bit offensively and kind of got my yeah. back up like oh you're trying to have a go and then i could see the way he was changing and i thought fucking hell man you know obviously like what he's doing is obviously working and what were you doing at the time what was that just running or were you um, the gym? yeah running I you was, were at the gym as well remember? yeah i was at the gym just just like very basic stuff running just moving more be it like i was back on my fitness pal which yeah, i hadn't logged well. into for about <laughs> eight years yeah and um what, why like why did you just all of a sudden just go you know what I I'm gonna do, do you know what was it's, there a I, point because I had to get, I had, I had to, when it was when you was at Amazon. Amazon, yeah. When he was working nights at Amazon, okay. so you had to kind of do something with your time. Yeah, yeah. And you couldn't be getting on it all. Nah. So what it was is that when COVID hit, obviously no gigs are coming in, and we had no fucking money anyway, and we didn't have the opportunity to go back home. So I had to get a job. Liam like had already been working anyway part time at the restaurant, um, but I, you know, I hadn't worked for. Eight. I, I don't think I'd had, ever no, had a job. I don't know. Not. So uh, I had to get a job, and Amazon was the only non-English, like non-German speaking job that I could get. So I got this job, and it was night shifts, moving the fucking boxes. And when I started doing that, I see my body change a little bit because I was moving more, and then that sort of sparked something again. I think and having I, that structure for yeah, you, yeah, again, exactly like that you, routine because you'd had that routine before, and you, yeah. it made you think actually, yeah routine yeah it's good exactly and I, was, I mean i was still doing drugs at this time and still drinking but obviously not as much and then then i started tracking my food again and then i started seeing real changes and that this is what i say for a lot of people especially when you're talking about coming off the back end of heavy drug use like that body transformation is so fucking inspiring because just seeing my body fat come down again and 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 start to feel and look better it just it sparked something man i was like actually hang about this is it and then um i knew this guy marcio who um who started talking to me about intermittent fasting and then that sort of routine with amazon tracking my food again and then fasting, like all that combined, just started to build this routine and discipline. 
and obviously that just spiraled from there and then and then I started running a little bit and then <laughs> tell yeah, them yeah. this the that, running that, story this is when it all really changed because I got a job at Grillers working at Grillers yeah, yeah. which was, means I was working as well and he was like look you know started getting the diet sorted yeah, a yeah. bit because at Grillers there was loads of food that, that you could take afterwards yeah, it yeah, was yeah. all like whole food so I was like yeah. you know started eating a bit better and then he was like look why we were going to get donuts funny enough it's, it's a mad story because this story this changed this, everything uh, it, for me it completely <laughs> fucking changed everything like changed it, your life bro how, how yeah because like running i'll go into a bit more was like been one of the staples for me of yeah, sorting yeah. my head out yeah but how it started we went to get donuts and obviously sean had been running and we was waiting for the lights and i like ran across the road and he was like oh mate you'd be all right running why don't you come and i thought actually because i'd never ran before i was like <laughs> you know what he was like look why don't you just come down the track with me just fucking give it a go and i was like oh i've never ran in my life and he was like yeah but you'd be all right and i was like oh, you know what fuck it let's do it like i'll come down one day yeah, but remember I, I bought them adidas shoes with me right? <laughs> he was like what the fuck are they he's like you're gonna need running shoes I was like, what are you on about running shoes mate? Like, got shoes on i'm gonna run you know what I mean? running shoes mate i was like fuck the fuck are these then shoes you know not even thinking like obviously yeah. now i'm like fucking... uh, i couldn't believe it mate when i when i when, I, when, I, when in the morning i was thinking there's no way this cunt's getting up mate and there he was ready with right. his fucking <laughs> 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 I was like, fuck mate, it, mate. You like, put in a grind on them, go, mate. I remember, man, we did 5K. And I was. The first run, you did 5K. Yeah, yeah. Because obviously, he was, yeah, he was a bit more experienced. So, like. Fair play but, to mate, you. But, mate, it took me like 40 minutes, mate. <laughs> I was like hoffing and puffing. I remember. <laughs> and he used to come with me, like, so three times a week. I did 5K three times a week. And yeah, it yeah. was when you give me that Hawaii one. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Started tracking my steps, and I was like, whoa, mate. And, um,. <laughs> Because oh, he was like, because I was so slow, he was like, look, bro, you, you're kind of going to have to start going on your own a little bit running. Because for him, he's like, yeah, yeah. come on, for me, I think I'm doing amazing. <laughs> and he's like, you fucking hurry up, mate. <laughs> <laughs> stuff to do, man. <laughs> <laughs> he's not even getting a good running. <laughs> I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. So he was like, look, so I was like, right, I'll start going on my own three times. And I remember I did the first 10K. Yeah, Only yeah. on the track, mate. I rang him after. I was like, mate, I thought I'd run a marathon. I was like, <laughs> mate, I've run 10K. I'm yeah, oh, yeah. absolutely buzzing. Do you know what I mean? Like, 
heel clicking and all that all the way home. I was like, I could not believe it, man. You put some grafting at that track, man. At bro. the track, and I was just round and round and round. Where is it in Prenzlauerberg, weren't it? Yeah, Mara yeah. Park, the track there, because it was free. Like, you could go, and I, I just fucking just get, I just wouldn't miss it. Do you know what I mean? I'd just make sure I got it done. Nice. And then from there, mate, like, when we moved back to England. Well, then. Well, we did the last day before we left Berlin. I did my first run off the track. Yeah, yeah, remember? yeah. That was a good run, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was like, whoa, mate. That... Well, like on the roads and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I never ran so on the never road. Ran... Never, oh. not. I did only doing it on the track, mate. I was just nonstop, yeah, mate. Yeah. Because it was a, a good place for me to sort of learn to run. And, you know, I, I didn't know too much about it. So I was like, it's just a good place for me to kind of get fit. And then we did this last run and I was like, whoa, mate, like that, that's, that's pretty good, like running on the roads. And then literally as soon as we moved back, uh, Sean was like, oh, buy some running shoes and that. And I was like, oh, buddy, get rid of them rock pots. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, my Timberland boots. <laughs> yeah. So, and then when we got back to Southampton, then so, something just clicked, man. And I was like, I started running. But, but just go into that because we were still DJing at this. Like when we moved back, you wanted to quit. I still wanted to DJ. Yeah, yeah. So then, then you were still active at that point. I, we were still in an agency. I, I decided uh, like a little while before that. Yeah, that, yeah, that yeah. It was uh, to be what what was the turning point for me was the Beatport live. After I did that, <laughs> Shit, what, I, what, what, what was, uh, tell that story, well, brother. We, we, <laughs> after that, I knew this ain't for All me. right, like, tell me about the Beatport live. Right, so they said, yeah, come and do a live stream on Beatport. It yeah. Was it yeah. again, what's his name, the guy? Oh. Top bloke, weren't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah nice guys. So I was like, all right, so we got absolutely fucking hammered, of course. Yeah. And, mate, we did the live stream, and, you know, it went well. Obviously, you know, it's live, so you can watch it back, which is not a good thing <laughs> for me anyway. And then, mate, I remember at the end, I was like, oh, I want to play a drum and bass track. And, uh, <laughs> You played the same yeah, on yeah, yeah, yeah. and then he was like grabbing the mic. Yeah, I was like, no, no, wait, 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 <laughs> grabbing the mic, and oh. I was like, on the mic, like proper, and then I was just like, Funny, after that, I was like, oh, man, I can't do this shit. <laughs> <laughs> this ain't for me, man. I was just fucking, I'm done, mate. I was like, yeah, after man. that, I was just like, it was embarrassing, do you know what I mean? It was, you know. I was, but I think it was easier to see, like, do you know what I mean? I think it was easier to see, like, them mistakes, because we'd obviously started to like work yeah, on, yeah, on ourselves yeah, exactly, and stuff. Yeah. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Whereas before... When I, I could see a way out. That was yeah, the thing. Yeah, I yeah. was like, when COVID happened, I realised, fucking hell, mate, I wasn't actually important at all and no one really cared yeah. about my yeah. DJ career. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> before, you think, yeah. oh, everyone's eyes are on. You think people are there watching yeah, every yeah. day when no one gives a fuck. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? They're like, mate, you're like some mediocre DJ, nobody cares. <laughs> it, get and, a job. Uh, yeah, yeah, get a real job, mate. What are you doing? But at the time, I thought it was so big. My yeah, ego yeah, was yeah, so yeah. big, but really, no. And when COVID happened, I was like, mm. oh, actually, no one really cares. I like, truly think a lot of that's fueled by drugs. Because oh, oh, of course. Yeah. I had the same. I was at a certain level and playing for Defected. I got residencies here. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, I've made it. Fuck everyone. Yeah, 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 I'm yeah. sweet for life. Yeah. And it's yeah, not yeah. the case. Yeah, yeah, it's and it's not, not until you, we're out of it now. We're yeah. looking back. And obviously, we're looking back from a better place. Yeah. And it's, it's okay to look back and go, you know, obviously, we weren't thinking straight. But I do think a lot of it's down to the, yeah, the drugs and building yeah. the ego. And that's what I would say, a point to any sort of person who's in that in that sort of position now as a DJ who thinks, I've done this for a lot of years. My career's maybe not going very well. Um I've got a bad drug problem. 
don't be afraid to fucking walk back yeah. because there will be people there that will respect that decision and they're the people that care. Mm. Your family, your friends, they don't care about your DJ nah, career. It's all this industry shit that you're worried about. People would much rather see you happy with a fucking normal mm. job, getting on with your life, actually enjoying it than being on the edge, being full of anxiety because you're worried about, you know, you don't want to be in this career, but you feel you're tied to it. Don't just walk away from it. Yeah. And when, That's what I mean. When I realized that that was a thing, like I was the same. I thought this was me for life. What would I do without the DJ? And, and when it all stopped and I was like, fucking hell, man, I've, I've got a break from this. Like, I, I don't actually need this in my life at all. It's like, powerful. I'm, I'm actually a better it? person without it. Like, I wasn't this big thing that I thought it, it was nothing. Do you know what I mean? Like, it was fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fun, it was an experience. It, it was good experience, but it wasn't quite as big as I thought it was. And I, it made me realise there's so much more beyond that even going to things like ikea and buying furniture again was fun i was like yeah real life man <laughs> <laughs> cooking dinner yeah, because all, all your priorities are based around that, getting man. getting wrecked and then the gigs, gigs yeah. and yeah. then and then kind of recovering but they're not yeah, really yeah. trying, yeah, to, yeah, yeah, trying yeah, yeah. to impress people you don't even yeah. fucking well, like this you know is, what i mean this you is don't like, even speak to your family and that because you're too bothered trying to ask kiss a load of fucking guys you don't even like do you know but what I mean? this is this is the funny thing about that so Coming out of the music industry, you're worried about what people think. But the funny thing is, is that people are so tied up in their own shit. Yeah. Yeah. No one gives a fuck about what you're doing. That's what <laughs> I mean. That, that, no one cares. The funny thing but you worry it. so much and you build so much anxiety around the fact that, oh my God, what's this person going to think? What's that person think? When re in reality, no one's looking at you. No. Everyone's yeah. looking at the <laughs> 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 yeah. Nobody gives to No one gives a fuck. And, that's what, and I think it's so refreshing when you realise that and you're like, Oh man, I'm free. Like, yeah, look yeah. at me and IKEA buying plants and fucking <laughs> going on Sunday morning walks. Look at me. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's good. It's a good Class. feeling to realize yeah. that there's so much more to life. And like, me and Sean are like so much closer since it all stopped. And like, I have so much, I don't know, such a better life now. And, you know, I just, I, I just think that, I don't know, it was fun, but. There was a time where I thought I would never be able to leave it, mm. and I, I didn't know how I was going to overcome that. You wouldn't. I don't. I don't think you. You guys. I'm. I'm just saying this objectively, but I don't think you guys would change anything. No, 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 no not at all. Because it's part of the journey, part yeah. of the process. And now, like Sean, helping other people realize this. And for me, like running, going back to yeah, running yeah. was like a massive thing for me. Like I learned so much about myself just being out there, mate. Just smashing the mileage, mate. Like. I just getting in my own head and just asking myself, like, why was I masking all this? Like, what, what was the issues? Like, where were the anxieties come from? Do you know what I mean? And I just going out, getting at it, mate. Like, when I was doing marathon prep, mate, I was literally going out. Fucking Like, hell, every single, for three years straight, pretty much, I was doing six runs per week. So let's talk about that. You got back from Berlin. You were obviously, you did your first road run before you got back. Yeah. And then yeah. you got back into the UK. And then was it a point, like, I'm going to do a marathon? No, what, no, what not, not at all, not at all. So then I did, because we were really big on the zone two training. So Sean was like, you've got to do everything in zone two. It's got to be structured. You've heard like, that before, yeah? Yeah, I've heard it. <laughs> so I got like well into the first six months of being back from July. July 20, 2021. 21, yeah, yeah, yeah. So not even that long ago, really. It's yeah, I cool. started to, to really like focus in on the uh on the um running trail. zone two running and then i remember the so that was july or oh, in september 
I did a half marathon, a new forest half with my dad. And I was in quite good shape at the time. Like I'd done quite a good training and my diet was really good. Yeah, is that I, when you did a cut? Yeah, yeah. yeah, and, yeah. and I thought, Sick. mate, I'm going to fucking smoke this half marathon. I thought, look at me, looking good, feeling good. And I'd never really ran that far before. And uh, What I, was the longest you'd done before I, that? I think like eight miles. Right, okay. Um, so, or maybe a few tens. With I think we'd done a couple, yeah, yeah, tens or something. But I thought, I don't know why, I just went to the start line and thought, mate, I'm absolutely just looking at all like old ladies on the start line. I think you're getting smoked, you're getting smoked. <laughs> and mate, I, like, I couldn't have been any more wrong. Like it was a trail course with like elevation. Oh, and mate, I, I hit like mile three, my whole legs cramped up and I was thinking, Fuck, I got 10 miles to <laughs> I was like, I was going to my dad, just go on, just leave me. He's like, now we're going to run together. And it was fucking horrible, man. Like, literally, I was like, and it humbled me after that. Yeah. Mm. I was like, actually, running is, is much more like there's to be a good runner, like, you really have to put in the work and buy the shoes. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah you need the shoes. shoes. <laughs> no, no, I'm saying, like, you know, everyone, I'm glad it humbled me though, because I went in with this sort of ego maybe that I'd carried on through, yeah, thinking yeah, yeah. I'm the big I am. But, yeah. it, you know, these people I was laughing at at the finish line, at the start line, were literally straight past me, like, all right, see, excuse me. Yeah, <laughs> like, oh, water station. I remember I was grabbing gels, like, oh, naked gels, only fucking half marathon. I must have had 13. <laughs> Gels, 13 gels, shit. five mini packs of Harry Bows, everything. I'm, like, oh, I'm gonna die. I was like, hey, like, oh, go on about And he was like, no, come on, son. And I was like, it's like a fucking movie. Mate, it was bad, mate. And at the end, it was embarrassing. Like the pictures at the end, they were like, come on. I was like, I can't do it. But I did it. And after that, it kind of humbled me. I was like, actually, you know, this is something. That if you if I want to do it and become better at it, then I'm really gonna have to put some work. So I decided that so that was 21. Yeah. I decided 2022, I was gonna just dedicate that whole year to pretty much just running and becoming a better runner. And um, then I just started really getting at it. I was doing like 130 mile months plus every yeah, single nice. month. Like, wow. and then I was like, right, because I'd done all the training, I thought, why don't I put in for the ballot for London? I thought, I want to do a marathon. I, I feel that I now deserve that place in there. So I was like, why don't I put in the ballot? And I remember I was working in running retail as well. Yeah, at, yeah, yeah. At, at my other job. And I put in the ballot and I was like, let's see if I get the place. I was already running pretty good then. I remember I went up to check on my break. They were like, you got in. I was like, come running down. My boss was at the time. I was like, I'm in. He was like, get in. So I was like, right, this is it now. It's go time. So... I just coasted through the end of the year, just shit logging miles. And then from that January, January last year, so January 2023 was when the training block started. And, uh, bro, you do like then, 50 mile yeah, weeks yeah, then things, stuff, then things, I was doing 50 mile weeks back to back. Yeah, mate. I was doing like double days. Like for me, somebody hadn't ran that long. You know, I went from... I remember I got my 10K down to 47 minutes, which for me was like a big achievement, you know? That is fast, man. Yeah, yeah. And I was smashing, like, I was doing, like, I'd do 400 meters repeats, like, times 16. And, like, mm. I was I started doing 1K repeats times six, then moved it to, to, to I'll do, like, 10, 15-minute warm-up, 1K repeats times eight, 20-minute cool down. And I was wow. just smashing the mileage, mate. I was, like, 
really just getting fully locked in. Like my whole, basically my whole life was just mm. for that goal for the marathon because I knew, I, it, I just remember the half marathon and how much I fucked that up. I thought, I want to like, make myself proud with this you know like sub four hours was my goal and I, and i knew deep down that it sounds easy to say sub four hours it's yeah, kind yeah, of this yeah. benchmark that everyone has but actually on the day it's like way i knew deep down after doing some 20 mile runs that it's easy to say sub four hours but actually getting it you know if you've not been an experienced runner for years it, it's not so easy so i was like right you know i've really got to knuckle down on this and and yeah, I did. <clears throat> what, what I love about <coughs> this story, hearing it back now, is that like you just got to remember where you've come from as well. That's what I mean. That. And it just that. makes it so realistic for anyone who's going through, you know, it, it, a shit situation that like, literally all in shit. And do you know yeah. what? The thing is, even after I did the sub four, I was like, oh, I could have done three yeah, hours. Smashed it, man. Because I think you get locked into this sort of mindset as that you always want to achieve more. Um, but now when I look back at it. I think fucking hell, you know. It was well, tell tell people what you were telling me before, before we came in the podcast. I told you to stop talking, but you were telling me how long before the end you would, your brain was just saying. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So so how many miles to so go? Mate, like, I remember, I can remember the day, like, like to the T, like mile to, it's weird because it, like, I can literally remember each mile, man. Mm. Like, and I was sweet. I, I remember, um, uh, the Tower Bridge, mate, is one of the best experiences of my life. You come around the corner, mate, and it's just absolutely packed. And this tune come on, how are you going to feel? I think it's comics and Steve Speck. How are you going to feel? And I was like, mate, come on, mate. I was singing, doing the fucking aeroplane. I was like, <laughs> this is it, mate. That was the fastest mile of the marathon. I was like, I'm absolutely smoking this. I was like, I feel absolutely fantastic. I was like, I'm halfway in. Energy's high, tunes are fucking pumping. It's happening, mate. I was like, this is good. And then you come around the bend there, and we weren't living in London at the time, and I forgot how far from Tower Bridge to Canary Wharf is. And, oh, mate, yeah. it's like another fucking six miles or something. And I, I could see all the elites coming down one side, and obviously they're elite runners, so they're still smoke. I was like, I thought it was just up and round, mate, and there's the finish. Mate, it's like another six, seven miles there. I was like... On the way up to Canary Wharf, I was like, right, this is, it's, it's getting a little tough now. <laughs> and, I was like, and like Canary Wharf, so vast and like yeah. the buildings are like massive. You just feel like nothing. Yeah. And I come round the bend through the tunnel and I was like, mile 18, mate. I just, there's a picture of me like this with like dinosaur arms, head down. I'm just like, you can see in my face, like I'm done. And I was thinking, fuck mate there's still like seven miles to go it's like if i'm going out in my house thinking i'm going out on a seven miler like that's still a long way to go like <laughs> yeah. uh, this is not it's a decent run i was like this ain't looking good man my legs, <laughs> man literally honestly my head was just like because people were like sitting down and and like you know dnf they were like you know it's done 
my, my brain was just going, Liam, mate, just sit down, mate. Come on, just have, <laughs> look at that. Oh, look at that curve. Just have a rest, Look at mate. that curve. I was like, have a rest, mate. Have a lie down. Stretch your miles. Stretch your <laughs> It was like, go on, mate. Come on. You've done enough. That's 18 miles. That's plenty. And the other half, my brain was just like, mate, you've done the training. Stay locked in. I'm not even joking. It was like bat and ball. Like, go on, sit down. I was thinking, should I just fucking sit down? Shall I walk? Should I walk? <laughs> <laughs> my brain's like, don't walk, man. And I was like... Fuck, man, I'm going to walk. I've got to walk. I was like, right, one more mile, I'll walk. And then I see the four-hour pacer, and he was like, like, we got through that bit, and I was coming up towards Big Ben, and I felt, it's like 5K to go. In my head, I was still thinking five. I was like, right, breaking it down. If we can do 1K, breaking that down. By the end, I was breaking it down to 400 meters. <laughs> <laughs> like, if we do 400 meters here, and another yeah. 100 meters. Bite-sized chunks, exactly, right? Exactly, man. So it was like realistic. So yeah. It was, it was, and I see the four-hour pacer, and he was like, look, mate, I'm like, I'm, a, I'm about two minutes ahead. And I was like, sweet, man. So I'm yeah, on here. Yeah, and that's yeah. when I knew I was on for the four. Because I had my Garmin Pace Pro, but obviously it doesn't take into account how far you take the corners. Uh, so my, my Garmin Pace Pro, I still had about five minutes of time. So it's a great tool because it gives you how much you sort of make back, how much time you've got to make back. Yeah. And at one point I was like, mate, I was on for a 345. I was like, it's going to go well here. Yeah. But you kind of lose a minute, 30 seconds here and... And then I see the four-hour pace, and he was like, oh, like you were well on track. I'm like a minute or so ahead, and I was like, right, that's it, man. Oh, this is it. Head down, mate. I'm going to give it everything. Because the thing is, as well, like, where are all the bloods in your legs and in your muscles? You don't have any blood in your stomach, so you can't digest anything by the end. So you can take on gels, and it just swashes around yeah. in your stomach because, you know, there's nothing to digest it anymore. And then I seen him, and then... I see these guys at the at like about probably like the last K one it on yeah, the finish yeah, line like, on on the mall and they yeah. were like, "Come on, Liam!" And I see him and I was like, "You buzzing, man! Can get him, mate! Yeah, I've got this, man!" I was just yeah, and then it's come through three three fifty eight. So I was I was happy with that, buzzing. but it was hard, mate. Like it, you know, it's you got to have respect for the marathon distance because you know you can fluke maybe a five K, a ten K, get a good time. But fucking getting a decent time in the marathon and, and, and really digging in. The thing what I love the most about the marathon is it's not even the day. It's The day is the tiny little cherry on the top. It's that training block mm. you put in first. Yeah. That's when that's when the real grind was done. Going out, because you've got to remember, if you're doing a spring marathon, your training block is through the winter. Yeah. So it's all winter, mate. I was going out. I remember I had like frost on my yeah, beard. Yeah, and like, yeah, mate. Going out because you can't miss workouts. No. Like I had a structured plan, and one workout missed, I was behind. Then do you know yeah. what I mean? If I, and the thing is, I got an injury as well in my piriformis leading up to it, which you can kind of run through. But I remember, like the physio did like Carol did Carol a great does, job. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he said, look, at the end of the day, it's not going to make it worse, but it was uncomfortable and it was a niggle. And I remember I had a 20-mile training run, yeah? I woke up. It was pissing down with rain. I was like, oh, man, I really can't be bothered with this. Two miles in, my piriformis started playing up. Oh, and fuck. I was thinking, mate, I've got 18 miles <laughs> in the pissing rain with my ass cheek hurting. I was <laughs> like, mate, this just ain't good. But ideal. it's just about getting it done, man. And, and it just mental strength you yeah, know? yeah. I, it was a good for me it was a massive thing because i learned so much about myself and 
kind of how I can push the limits. Mm. And uh, yeah, running's been like, I mean, it's changed my life pretty much. That's why I would recommend it to anyone because it's something that one, you can relieve a lot of stress. Two, it gives you good structure and discipline. And like, it builds massive aerobic fitness, which is great. And I, I just think having like, something to do on a Sunday morning rather than going like if people say oh do you want to come out Saturday and you've got a fucking long run planned Sunday and you plan the route and everything you're like actually nah, I've got something mm. big bigs on <laughs> so yeah it's it's been like fantastic journey especially wow. that side of it yeah that, that's amazing hearing so we just basically told the, you just told the whole story from yeah. getting started right through to fucking going from smoking all them spliffs every day eating shit yeah 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 then just finishing a sub four marathon yeah, yeah. That, that journey's incredible so what's inspiring. it like what's it like hearing that so, all, honestly, the whole it's thing a, it's, it's, the most, it's actually emotional do you know what i mean especially i think from from the start like I, th I think a lot of the time i didn't take into consideration like what i was putting liam through obviously with the drugs masking it but then to hear how much he's actually gone through out loud like that and then to, to you know obviously we live together now we're working together and and to see how far he's come i think he's so fucking inspiring and i think you know for anyone out there listening who's going through a difficult patch like i hope you can take some value in this and, and especially absolutely. for somebody like for someone like me, who was always never a morning person, never a morning. Oh person. Yeah, yeah, never. Me too. Man, like, yeah, like, yeah. That, that, this is why this is one thing I can't hear now is I'm not a morning person. I'm a night owl. That that's not even a thing. No. And yeah, I, yeah. I'm living proof of that. Yeah, it's not a thing. That's just you prioritize your time because you'd like to stay up later in the evening. As in, I would rather go to bed early and prioritize that time in the morning. And that way your circadian rhythm works much better. You yeah. feel better. You have a much more productive day. So that's not a thing. And it's the same. I was somebody, I can't run is another thing. Yeah. Man, I hear like, that all the time. Man, yeah, like, yeah, honestly, yeah. I, 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 but I was that guy, so I can't say anything. So was I, though. I, yeah. But that, this is the thing. This Excuses, is why yeah. now, like, it's easy to just make an excuse why you can't when, right? Like, at the point I was at, like, if you see the pictures of, like, me w when I was smoking a weed and, like... Yeah, we'll get we'll get Johnny to put some yeah, up yeah, in. Yeah, we'll yeah. do it now. We'll do it now. Like, I was a mess. Do you know what I mean? Like, it was not... It's not like... I was somebody with a fitness background or something. Yeah, we trained for a few years, but before we trained back in the day, I was massively overweight as a kid, yeah. like really badly overweight, like really like massive. I think I was like, when I was like 15, I was probably like 19 stone. Mm. So I was huge. Do you know what I mean? I was like double, triple XL, like really, really unfit. Giacomo vibes. Giacomo. Giacomo. Big time. I know, Giacomo. <laughs> Remember the Mike Medford? Yeah, 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 yeah. right. Is Giacomo still about? I think he's got to so. be, man. It's probably, his business is booming. <laughs> <laughs> but mate, like I'm so, it's not like a confident yeah, yeah, sporty yeah. background or anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think like, it's easy to make an excuse why you can't do it mm. when maybe you just have to, I think what it is, is people, get so attached to their routine and they get so attached to these little things like that they get so upset and hurt by somebody questioning that mm. instead of just embracing it and saying actually maybe what i'm doing is not the absolute right way maybe there is other things i can implement in my life and habits i can implement that will then change my life do you know what i mean it has to come from i i think it has to come from them yeah so 100%. it has to come from 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 inside because if you try to tell 
put, put your shit onto someone else, the instant reaction as a human, yeah, human yeah defense, defense, yeah, 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 yeah. Going, and, and we're all defense. like, I'm just all saying, of us. Mm. Everybody, Look, you, you even said it. You, you, you had the same reaction when Sean was like, maybe you should get in the yeah, you were like, like, I, yeah, back I was up. like, no, yeah, yeah, back up the wall, like, it, it's no, an instant but, reflex, and, and I have. think that's why you need to like really take time to then go back and reflect the situation and think, actually, you know, if it's working for this many people, then maybe it's working for me. Like getting up at 5 a.m. is something I thought I never could do. And Let's now, talk about this. Your mm. routine. I'm interested to know this. So now you were talking about routine and how important. Yeah, yeah. And What's your routine? Well, I was just, you know, I was just thinking at first, I think collectively we've got probably an average wake up time here of about 5 a.m. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah probably. So, so my routine now is I'm up at 5 Every single day. It's probably late. Yeah, which is late for me. <laughs> it's probably half four. Yeah, it could be four thirty. <laughs> you know, and then stretching like that. Yeah, stretching. Yeah. I think like, do you know how many days a week I wake up and cannot be asked to stretch? I think it's <laughs> every six, day. Six out of seven. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe one day I'm like, all right, let's stretch. I fuck. I, honestly, I just don't want to do it. Every day I'm like, oh, stretching. Like, get up, put the coffee on, get that brewing. And then it's time to stretch, yeah. But I think just doing that stretch then then sets me up for the rest of the day, because mm. I'm like, actually, yeah, you know, move the body a little bit. I'm kind of ready to sort of start the day now. And then after that, I will do morning cardio. So at the moment, I'm I'm in more of a weight training, bodybuilding phase because I really want to put on some mass. So it's not as high before. It was like structured runs. But even now, you know, I'm running on the treadmill three or four days a week just to keep the uh, endurance up. And the treadmill's fucking boring. Like, this is the thing. But sometimes you have to do things that are a little bit boring to, to work towards your goal. So it'll either be uh, cardio, it's steps. If I'm not doing running, it's steps. Do you know what I mean? Yep. But just getting that morning movement in. Mm -hmm. Then it's back, shower, breakfast, you know, all, all that stuff. Then it's a block of work then. Yeah. Then it's the first block of work. Then lunch, I always have an early lunch because I always like, I like to um, structure my carbs around my training really. So I'd rather eat my two carbs meal uh, pre and post workout rather than save until later in the evening. Do you know what I mean? Okay. Um, so then I'll have lunch. Then, then I do the gym in the afternoon now. So the gym's from one till, till whenever it's finished. Yeah. Then back, and it's another block of work. And then I have my dinner early, you see. Nice. I'll eat my dinner around 4.35. Okay. And then after that, I'm fasting. So I'll get that block of work done in the evening. And then, to be honest with you, mate, I'm pretty much going to bed pretty early now. Like oh, I, okay. I like to have a bit of a routine where I'll have a night tea in the evening, kind of wind down a little bit, but... It's not much TV. I'm not sitting around watching series after series. I'd much rather... No heartbeat. <laughs> I'd Monica the Glen. Nah, <laughs> none of that, mate. I'm much more like, I'd rather just get to bed. Do you know what I mean? So then I'm fresh in the but morning. You know, but again, sorry, to, but just hearing him say that, like if, if we go back to where you were in Berlin, smoking all that weed, watching Dickinson's mate, real deal. That's you know what, what I mean. mean like, like, I was watching daytime TV all day. 
staying up all night, waking up at midday, and then wondering why I felt like shit. Mm. The f- uh, that is a routine, though. Yeah, that was your routine. habit. Yeah, that's bad. what I mean. Yeah. It, and that's what I mean. This is why sometimes it's like, and you could have told me that that was wrong at the time, and I would have argued till I was blue in the face. No, it's not the mm. weed. It's not this. I'm just, I'm just not a morning person. Yeah. yeah but yeah. when really, like, when I, when I dropped all my ego and was like, right, let's maybe give. You know, all these people saying that this sort of routine has helped them, you know, they can't all be bullshitting. Mm. I think it's about trying these things out for yourself before you actually turn your back up at it and say it doesn't work for me. Because for me, getting up at 5 a.m., it might sound stupid, but it's like massively changed my life. Like, I, I don't know, there's this like sense of you up every day. Like, I don't even set an alarm now. I don't, I don't set an alarm ever. And I never sleep in. Even on the weekend, like, even if I'm up a bit late, I'm still not lying in bed all day. You know? uh, and I think a good question there is like, like, <laughs> Like, what are the difference in feelings from back in the day, the old routine to now? Do you know what I mean? For someone listening, thinking, well, I don't want to get up at five. It's like, like... Well, well, let me tell you now, no anxiety, that's for sure. No anxiety. Energy levels sustained throughout the day. I'm not dragging my arse, do you know what I mean? And for me as well, somebody that was very stubborn, if you ask me to do something now, as before, I might say, well, I'm not doing that. Mm. Like now, I'm much more calmer about a situation. Do you Mm. know what I mean? I can evaluate a situation, much more focused. Like... For just like the anxiety thing, man, you don't understand how, but like I used to overthink absolutely everything. Now I literally, I won't overthink anything. I'll just approach the situation. Mm. And I think that going to bed earlier is a big thing and not eating too close to bedtime. That for me, somebody who tracks their stats from heart rate and things like that, I can see the stat. I'm a data guy. Do yeah. you know what I mean? If I've got the data it. and it's telling me, I can't argue with it. If I eat shit late in the evening and my heart rate's 10 beats per minute higher the next day and my stress levels when I'm asleep is like this, but then if I don't eat three hours before, I've had a good sustained diet, my heart beats, my heart resting heartbeat is lower and I have no stress and I have a perfect sleep. Obviously, there's a color, correlation between yeah. mm. shit food eating late and having you know not enough sleep than just not eating in the evening which is easy if you don't watch binge watch tv um and just going to bed a bit earlier i'm so glad you brought the 5 a.m thing up because you see like um skit videos on social media where they're going oh what time do you get up oh i got up at um, five o'clock this morning yeah Yeah, yeah, yeah. people take the piss out of it but right try it but like it has i don't think it's an overstatement to say it's changed your life because i read i'm going to be the cliche I read the 5am club because I did. I read the 5am club book yeah. by Robin Sharma. And I said, all right, fuck it. Let's give this a go, right? And at first it's a little bit different. But since then, I get up at, five, I get up at 10 to 5 because yeah, yeah. I, go and, I go and make my, me and my lass a herbal tea, mm. go up, we sit in bed, we meditate, we do our affirmations, we read for half an hour. I get in the plunge pool, which is fucking awful. I don't want to do it. But when I've done that, then gone for a run, and I come back, I've done like meditation, affirmation, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. before the day's even started. I've won at 7.30. That's the yeah. day is won. And that, that comes back to the anxiety. I've got no anxiety because I'm fu- I've done all the hardship. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the hardship's done. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. The day's so, won, so Exactly. So if you were going to have to get your cardio in or whatever, and you left it to the evening, then you've had oh, your whole day at work, and then you're like, oh, I've got to do cardio. I've got to get this. I've got to do that. That's anxiety. As, mm. That's what I mean. So yeah, yeah. It's even like, say... Like I have food prep to do. I know that I can do that in that space in between. Like if I'm up at five, I can do that in that space between getting ready in my first block of work. I have 
time to like put some food do you know what i mean there's there's time there where stuff can be done that you don't want to do later in the day so it's like seizing the time do you know what i mean like absolutely that's a a good point there i never even thought of it like that i see your instagram and it's very inspirational i told you before we did this did this had this conversation I see you going for runs. I'm looking at how much you've run and going, fuck, I should be running more. Mm-hmm. Or like, It's good to see that. Like, that gives me inspiration, but you don't even realize that you're fucking winning all the hard things before you've even started your work block. Yeah, yeah, All yeah. that shit's done. Mm. So you've already relaxed all those anxieties and that I've got to do this, I've got to do that. You haven't got yeah, 80% yeah. of them to do because you've just boxed them. Yeah. So that that's huge. And, and the thing is, this is coming from somebody who was the most demotivated person ever. Mm. Like, I was just, how negative was it? Like, Anything yeah. you could ask me, I'd say no. No. That'd that be was our first thing. answer. That, <laughs> nah, was our, that yeah, was yeah. our thing. No. Because <laughs> that's all I ever used yeah. to say. Do this. No. Do you want to do this? No. <laughs> yeah. oh, no. Because I was just so negative. Do you know what I mean? Like, I couldn't see past it. So I think having that routine is absolutely key for anybody. Do you know what I mean? Whether you want to get up at five o'clock or not, you're not going to, but eventually your body's going to, so your circadian rhythm's going to get used to that. And that now, mate, by eight o'clock, I'm knackered anyway because I've been up all day. Yeah, do you know what I absolutely. mean? Like, by eight, nine o'clock, I'm ready for bed. You you're, just shifting, you're just shifting that block where you're up and going to bed. Uh, exactly. That's, it. All, that's, that's all, all I'm doing. doing. And, and I always try, like, that fasting, the intermittent fasting. I'm not a big 16-hour uh, fasting guy, but 12 hours, 12, 13 hours is absolutely perfect yeah. for me because one of my snacker, uh, like, I can binge eat in the evenings i had massive binge eating problem yeah. and now i never binge eat because i set my fast mm. on my app and then i know then that's done it's done yeah. for the day do you know what i mean um so having that sort of time in the evening with no food in your system you're not digesting food so you have a very relaxed sleep so when you wake up you're rested so at five you're kind of ready to go do you know what i mean it's yeah. all systems go again like fire up the cylinders and there is going to be days when you really can't be asked but you still just have to get it done mm. do you know what i mean yeah. so yeah going back then is there anything this is for both years is there anything you would wish you'd done differently in your music career well, I'll let you answer as this. Well as well as yeah. Um, for me, it, the thing is, it's it's a tough question yeah. because like that's why I asked it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> dickhead. But, uh, <laughs> the thing is, like for me now, like I don't, I don't really give. I don't think it's as important as a career as people think that it is. Yeah, I think it's good, but it's very irrelevant. Like without DJs, the world definitely thrives we'll still. Be fine. You know, there's no problem at yeah. all. And I think some of these DJs need to kind of get out of this mindset that they're important because they're really not. And mm. I think that's the only thing. Like now, would I do anything different? Probably not, because I wouldn't be in the situation that I am now. Mm. I could say do less drugs and that, but that was kind of what taught me. You know, that was kind of, that was it for me. It was all about partying and, and having fun. But I guess that for me, I'm going to say no then. No, it's, no. Do, it's done like, I, I'm glad because it could have been worse and I'd done things different and then I could be in this situation, but 10 years down the line. Yeah. So when I'm like, because this was what I was scared of. And the thing is, the worst thing about DJing is the more and more you DJ as a living, 
the less and less employable you become when you mm. go into the real world. Absolutely. And this is what people don't see this. So if you're 45, because eventually it will come to a point where, unless you're Carl Cox or Corolla, but how many of them? I literally said exactly that. Yeah. I said, unless you, there's no longevity. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Unless you're Carl Cox yeah. or Corolla. <laughs> Corolla. Yeah. How, how yeah. many of them are there? They're you very can few. count on, on, you know what I mean? Yeah. In the grand scheme of how Absolutely. many people are in the world. So if you're then... 45 and your career's washed up, have you tried going to an employer and putting DJing on your CV? <laughs> Mate, it means nothing. Absolutely fuck all. If anything, it turns them off because they're like, oh, so you've been partying for the last 25 Six years. Six years racking lines. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but honestly, and yeah, I, I, no, I, I just think people, this is the thing with the Instagram culture as well. They only see that good side of it. That's why I'm you know, happy that Sean speaks out about it well as well and says, look, it's actually not perfect mm. and there is downsides to it because it's all well seeing, oh, tour life and all that, but th there's ins and outs of it. Do you know what I mean? There's a negative side to it. But because the industry, people are so scared of saying anything bad about anybody that might, damage their career yeah. nobody speaks about it yeah no. nobody speaks about anything like it's if it's going to be a bit controversial they won't touch on it because yeah. they're so scared of losing gigs or somebody somebody's image of them even though no one cares they'd probably rather be honest that they just won't say anything dude we've we've i've spoke to people um about coming on the podcast yeah and they've seen what we've done and they've kindly, yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. want, I, I don't think we should talk. I don't want to come on. I don't think I should talk about these topics because yeah. they worry what people will think. Yeah, yeah. Back to what we were saying before. No one gives a fuck. Yeah, yeah, no yeah. yeah. Just uh, no one gives a fuck. But that's what I mean. But I think, and then for a younger generation come up, it gives this sort of like false, like pretense. It's like, oh yeah, it's all perfect. And if I'm yeah. a DJ, mm. when it really isn't like that. It's a bit of a shitty industry with a lot of fucking knobheads that, <laughs> Yeah. We'll just. No, but there, 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 there are some nice guys. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to turn it I'm, around. No, the majority no, are pretty sound. I'm not saying like on a whole, but then you know there is still that side of it. Yeah, know, yeah. But there's like a, it's very dog eat dog in it. Do you yeah, know what I mean? which is understandable. It's like any industry, really, isn't it? But yeah. it's just it, it's not a team sport. No, nah, it's not. Like nah. you, you're working for you, right? Yeah, yeah. And yeah, you're yeah. looking to feed your manager who's feeding the agent. Like you're the brand. Yeah. So it's a it's it's like tennis. It's like you're the player. You're the you know you're the career. Mm. Um, so it's like you're working for a company so the ego it's it's like people who are addicted to food right who are struggling with their weight you have to eat to live mm. yeah. so it's not like heroin you can't just stop doing food yeah, you've got yeah. to have food the same with music right you're you are the center of attention so trying to curb the ego but also be egotistical it's like it's a catch-22 situation so I but I think but I think this is why like like what we're doing here in terms of just talking about it a bit more openly and just saying to people like look you know if you know you're starting to see a few of these problems early on in your career which can be a fantastic career and we did have a lot of good yeah. fun maybe just try and get a hold of that early, early on. on do you know what i mean Absolutely. rather than letting it play out and then you know it, it can get quite severe down the yeah, line and also do think about like long term of it as well do you know yeah what I mean? yeah because it is like you know, if it wasn't for COVID, I'm thinking maybe I'd still be still be Berlin, mate. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Could have been. It's a butterfly effect, isn't it? That's yeah. what I mean. And and then before you know it, it's times passed and you're a washed up DJ with no skills. Mm. Yeah.
you know. But I, I think you, both, looking at you guys uh, as because uh, also you're now working together, right? With working the together, fitness. Yeah, yeah. I'm, so I'm, to tell me a little bit about that then. Yeah, well, just I was working back in the kitchen. I was actually working at the London Stock Exchange okay. as a chef there. It was actually ah, interesting. Yeah, yeah, it was a pretty good job to be fair. Um, now you have to work for this. And, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the thing is, yeah, my new boss is a bit of a twat. We won't, we'll go into that. We'll edit that out. Yeah. We'll, do, go we'll leave it there. Yeah, we'll edit that out. Yeah. 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 But, um, so I was working there, like, and to be fair, like, it's, it was quite a good job because it's Monday to Friday as well, which as a chef, you don't really get that. Um, and then just before I went to Uganda, because I was working with Sean before, yeah. But when I moved to London, I said, look, I kind of want to go. I'm, I'm going to go full time again for a little bit. I'd done kitchen work before. And then before I went to Uganda, he kind of like, you know, planted the seed and like, look, it would be good for you to, to come and work with me again and, 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 you know, build the brand with me. You know, it, it was going well before, but we just kind of decided to, you know, I wasn't going to carry on until later on yeah until the, until the business was established really yeah it? and then he was like look why don't you come on board and i was like i would love to but i just i knew that the job that i had in the, the kitchen for a for like a chef job it was actually quite good and i and then i was like you know what like, i'd much rather help people alongside sean you know because yeah. i've had my own story well, as well in, instead of him having to employ somebody else that maybe you know not going to understand somebody that has a, a drug problem or yeah. that you know that somebody that you know they can't relate to or for actually you know I'll go and it's a it's a good idea to go work work with him again oh, and i think just like listening to liam's story now like you know what a fucking inspiring story for anyone you know whether it's whether it's you know you want to run a fucking marathon lose weight come off drugs like yeah. this guy's done it absolutely everything you but know but that's I mean? it yeah and i think like you never sort of pigeonhole yourself that you can't do it because yeah 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 and i think that's you know for me that's why bringing him on for willis fitness is absolutely perfect because you know liam is is fucking i mean he's been there when i've at my worst but then dealing with his own situation and come off the other side of it and i think it's very inspiring well i've i've worked with both you guys because when i did willis fitness november 22 yeah yeah yeah. um, yeah. you were liam was working you were accountability coach yeah yeah. i text i text you and you'd be back within seconds yeah yeah. every morning no it was actually the way around you checking with me at like Mm. fucking half five Mm. and i was like why is he up the same time as me (laughs) Um, but no the 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 combination of you guys together was great and i think it's amazing that you're going full time yeah, yeah. i think also but brothers yeah. you've got That's an amazing I mean. story you, you don't even have to sell yourself your story sells itself yeah like yeah. this story we just had a, an hour and a half conversation or whatever it is and you've just told the most inspirational story this is your promo for this fucking yeah. business, no? <laughs> you don't even need to try this is just your organic story and i yeah, think that's, that's incredible. what i mean and uh, sometimes i think i don't even register how far yeah, I've yeah, yeah, yeah. You've, have you ever spoken that whole thing out in this format not, not like this not at all no like what's I, it I, like actually i don't know it's nice to, to it's get it out good you know it's it. good like you know obviously it's been a long journey like sean you know he's has his company and he's still kind of involved in the scene he does the podcast so a lot of people know his story but a lot of people don't know my story mm-hmm. but i've always been there in in the background like all these stories he's telling about the drug times and that i was also picking up the pieces for this do you know what i mean like there was it was pretty intense at points like massively especially in the studio and that when he'd be like i'm gonna make some tunes and be like yeah how'd you get on yeah i didn't get any done i was like uh, and there was a turning point as well um 
at my house. I, I, he was living on the floor at, when at COVID, just when it was mm -hmm. still bad. And he was like, oh, you know, I can't pay rent. So I was like, I'll pay the rent. And he co I come back one day and I knew he was messed up. And I was like, look, you best just leave before I get back. And I got back and there was, you know, them JD and Cant, JD and Cant. Yeah, Cant. Yeah. Mate, I counted, there was like 15 in the bin and I think like 10 in the sink. And I was like, fuck, man. Like, the, the, it's then I knew that the, it was a fucking bad problem. Yeah. I was like, look, there's, you know, it's got it's to be an end to it. But look where you are now, though. Mate, that's what I, I said yeah, to him. Like, like I, I've, I, you know, I've, I, I wrote to him a few times on like New Year's and stuff to say like, you know, you've been a massive inspiration to me and it, it, it makes, because I'm not a very driven person i'm very sort of guy who can well you are sorry yeah you are yeah now yeah yeah, yeah no, but no. still like, i'm the sort of guy who can kind of get in, in my comfort zone yeah and be happy there as in sean's the total opposite that he's always striving to do more um, even when it was gear yeah yeah so i kind of think yeah you know it's very inspirational for me to see how far he's come for how bad he was as well, like, it, you know, he was kind of at rock bottom to turn it round like that. And even when he was starting Willis Fitness, the amount of work he was putting into it when he was working as a PE teacher as well. And, yeah. you know, he was working around the clock, working before work, coming home and do it. And I was like, you know, that's kind of what it takes to, to build something and really, you know, yourself. Yeah, yeah, of course. I, I think this is my personal opinion, but I think we all need to hit the rock bottom moment in order to have that pivotal change. Yeah, yeah. 100%. I don't think you can just be, for me, you can't just be like in sort of in a bad place and then just go like ultra fucking um, running. You know? I, I feel like a rock bottom moment is a point where you go, I can't do this anymore. Yeah, yeah. And I think that needs, so for some people, you need to hit that point. Yeah. Yeah, of course, because otherwise, otherwise it's just, you know, for me, I wanted to stop doing drugs every Monday. Yeah, it's a <laughs> you know yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> every, oh, Tuesday. Oh, no, next <laughs> yeah. week I'm going to have yeah, a yeah, 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 yeah. I'm going to do a fortnight. Yeah, but like, it was, not, yeah. yeah That's but, it, it's about hitting rock bottom there and, and being in a position where you really like. you got to want it, haven't you? Yeah, that is it as well. you like, got to want it, man. You've same with, with anything like fitness related or yeah, yeah. diet, because like, I think the problem is now as well is that people expect things to happen too easily. Yeah. Like if you do one week and you've not seen every whole life change, that's not how it goes. It's kind of like this. It's not linear, linear progression from A to B. Mm. Delay gratification. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. It's kind of like this. It's, it's, yeah, Rocky. Do you know what I mean? It's not, not every week is your diet going to be spot on. Not every week you're going to hit your workouts. Not every week. At first, are you going to be at, up at 5 a.m.? Do you know what I mean? This yeah. is over time that yeah. happens. It's not like mm. it's not like from one night to the next. I'd say our journey has been quite quick, but you don't understand the amount of hours we've put into mm. it. Like We never miss training. We fucking food prep every single week. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like We tick the boxes day in, day out. I'm not saying you have to do it to that extreme, but if you want to change in your life, then you kind of have to change what you're already doing. Yeah, yeah, if yeah. you're doing Great stuff advice. now and it's not working, then it's time to change. Do you know what I mean? And whether that's letting go of things that you've always done, so be it. Do you know what I mean? You might have done that for 20 years. If it hasn't worked for 20 years, it's not going to work for another 20. Do you know what that's I mean? That's the definition of insanity, isn't it? Yeah, doing yeah. the same thing and but expecting a different then result. Then this yeah. is what I'm saying. People get so... They get... 
like, I don't know, they get so emotionally attached to things. It's an attachment. Yeah, yeah. Attachment like, like they get so attached to things that... Whether that's food, drugs, yeah, exactly. sex, porn, whatever it is. Like, they can't let it go. Yeah, and yeah. if anyone questions that, that, like for me with the diet side and stuff like that, I had massive binge eating problems for a long time. Mm. And I just couldn't get a grip on it at all. Like, I, I just, I don't know, it was at a point where, like when I was smoking all the weed... So I wouldn't really eat much in a day. I'd be up right tomorrow. This was my thing. I'm not going to eat anything tomorrow. Oh, fuck. And then I'd <laughs> wait till like, like, yeah, exactly yeah. the worst thing you could possibly do. And then I would just start eating and then I'd open the floodgates and I'd think, right, well, I've messed up now. So I might as well eat as much as I can and I'll start That's fresh tomorrow. tomorrow. And then tomorrow, the, tomorrow, the same thing would happen and it would spiral and it would mess my mental health up. I'd be gaining weight constantly and I just like couldn't sort of get a hold on it. Even yeah. though I knew what to do, I still couldn't. And, and I think as well, another thing that is... Don't don't think of the end goal as as the result. Think of the day to day changes because otherwise you're gonna get frustrated when things don't change automatically. Do you know what I mean? You have to put these uh, routines into in like you have to put pen to paper day in day out for but it. But like you were saying about the marathon, bite sized chunks. Yeah. But you know what? From my experience working with you two, one of the things I liked it is it is broken down into just bite-sized chunks. Mm. You, I'm speaking to you about the workouts coming in, in the week and then every day you're checking in going, hope today goes great and then after a workout, how did the workout go, That's right? It. And you guys aren't even paying me to say this. I'm, I'm saying this from the bottom of my heart. You guys really helped me through that time from getting from A to B in that 12 weeks and it, it changed everything in terms of how I looked, how I felt, my discipline was improved, everything improved. Mm. Um, so it's testament to Willis Fitness and like, I'm so buzzing that you're now working with it. Yeah, yeah. You can, it, you can start sorting him out. But it's just bit. about tick, tick, ticking the boxes, though. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, Every day. and I think as well, it's if you have a bad day of not letting that ruin your whole progress. Yeah, this yeah. is why it's never good to have just the end goal as the, the result. Because if that's all you're thinking about is what if when you do achieve that result, what yeah. then you just go back to your old ways? Absolutely. A, I think it's about... The journey, ha isn't it? Yeah, journey. just in implementing habits, habits into your lifestyle, yeah. like that, things that you can continue for long periods of time. Uh, not a fad diet, not a quick fix. Do you know what I mean? Everyone wants a quick fix yeah, now. Yeah. And it's easy to go on Instagram and see somebody with chiseled abs and massive, but do you know how much work they've put to get there? It's not like, you, you know, it's even if you have good genetics, you still have to put in the work. Oh, it's hard. Well, Jackie, like, he, he knows, man. And then you start enjoying it though. Like yeah. now, mate, I yeah. fucking buzz off training, yeah. like weights and that, like, um, that's like the highlight of my day. Yeah. And I think what's great about that is that you then don't just look forward to, uh, Saturday and Sunday, you're then like, oh, mate, I've got push tomorrow. Yeah, going to yeah. hit the PBs, going to hit the numbers. And, yeah. then, and I think that makes weeks so much more exciting because now I'm buzzing about trading. Like, I'm buzzing about, like, I know the next, like, the worst days now for me are rest days. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, oh, yeah. man, no training tomorrow. I'm itching. And that, that's a great thing to have, you know, because people spend so much time just like, oh, I can't wait for the weekend. I can't wait. What, to get pissed? And but we were like that. that was yeah, yeah. But this not even it. that long ago, man. Yeah, so just, just, just on that, um, as we're talking about parties, and this is called the afters. Yeah, go Quite. on. So, so, uh, you can ask this. I'll ask it. 
We wanted, everyone wants to know it. What's your number one afters? Well, no, uh, what's used twos? No, no, no. It's got to be Liam's. It's got to be Liam's. Right, because surely they're not the city. No, no, no. See, I... Okay. Sean's more of the sit at home on your own doing a load of gear. Addict, I would call that. Yeah, yeah. As in, mate, I'm more social. Like, I would, like, disappear, mate. Like, I'd fucking... Go on, then. What's your birthday? Remember when... Wait, remember what I said on my birthday? Oh, where was I? I was going home or something, and I went to Bergheim, like, two days later, and... Two days early, and it was like, "Oh, you're already in here." I was like, "Yeah, mate, fucking get in." <laughs> but um, I don't know. Like, I've been thinking about this quite a lot because I knew it was going to be a question. Yeah, and it's tough because in Berlin, I went to some fucking mad parties, like especially like house parties, and they would get like locked down by the police, and then we would literally grab the speakers and go to someone someone else's. And like Yannick's just like fucking absolutely crazy guy, man. They were just be, they were wild. But there was one party that I went to that sticks in my head, and it was early on in our career, and it was Halloween, yeah. And me and Sean, remember when you punched me outside Egg, and I had a I had a black eye. Yeah? He punched me because I was annoying him. And Hamza, the guy at the shame, time, was almost. like, "Oh yeah, look, I've got this. Know. I've got this uh, Halloween party." that we can go to. And I was like, all right. And he was like, yeah, but we're not in fancy dress. And I was like, fuck man, who gives a shit? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but he was like, no, nah, but we're not like in fancy dress. So it could be like a thing. And he was like, I was like, can we go though? He's like, yeah, yeah, we can go. Mate, we went to this place in uh, Dalston. Mate, these like electric gates open, mate. We went in and there was this guy like dressed up in like Victorian. He was like, welcome, welcome, welcome. And it, like, everyone was in like shit hot fancy dress. It was all like Eaton boys, you know, like yeah, yeah, proper yeah. fucking like well-educated, like everyone in amazing. I've got a fucking stonking black eye. And like you walk through and they were like, hi, welcome. What drugs would you like? Ketamine? Coca? No. MDMA? And they Fuck just had like off. trip, mate. It was fucking insane. And I went in the house and there was like a big balcony looking down onto like the dance floor, which was like, must have been the living room. Yeah. And there was just like people in full fancy dress in every single room. And I was just like... Just handing gear out. Mate, handing gear out, cat, and I was just so overwhelmed because one, I had a black eye. People were like, what did you come dressed as? A chav. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and like, I was just like, I was like, well, there was like a guy dressed. <laughs> there, there was a guy dressed as the mask, yeah, but he was like the full like. It was like he, the film set, like wherever proper. they got the co costumes from, fucking Universal. <laughs> right, right. It was like, it was proper, mate. And I was just like well overwhelmed. Just like... Out of place. Because it was quite early in the career as well. A bit I, like, what the I, fuck is this? I was this? like, what the fuck? And that shit probably goes in all the time, you know, those high-end... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Debauchery. Pure debauchery. But yeah, we, like, that was like one that sticks out. In my, for how long ago it was, yeah, I can still remember it to yeah. the day. Mate. But well. as after parties go, mate, like I was, uh, I was yeah, king, of after, king of after parties. Like, yeah. I loved it. Well, you're welcome here, mate. Yeah, like, welcome <laughs> yeah mate. Any time. Like, yeah. yeah, I was like party after party, especially Good. at one point in Berlin, yeah. like three days, five days. That was, three days was like the standard. Standard, yeah. I mean, we could probably sit here another three yeah, hours mate. down and back after stories. What a fucking... Because that's basically the story compressed into yeah that was good. well i mean we we did an extended one today we usually do about an hour but yeah, we yeah. knew I, I knew and you you also yeah, yeah. that we knew there was going to be a lot a lot to to go yeah. over here i suppose i've only really spoke today yeah no no it was good bro I and i just want to say firstly liam how proud 
am of you of your journey and and what an inspiration that is um for anyone out there listening and i hope you know people can take some value from this and 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 know that like anything is fucking possible at the end of the day isn't it i have 100%. i've, I've taken yeah. up on this man, yeah, man. Yeah, so, yeah. like you, you can change y- your life you don't need to kind of you know, no matter what position. Yeah, man, in, absolutely. There's always t- time to change. Yeah. Well, mate, right. thank you thank so you. much for coming on. Oh, and thanks, uh, guys, for having me. Yeah. Been, we'll we'll pleasure, get you. Man. We'll get you back again when yeah, you man. run fucking ultra or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah nice well, one, Liam. Yeah, like running this year's. Uh, I'm, I'm on a yeah, sort of yeah. bodybuilding vibe this year, just hitting some big numbers. Well, we'll, we'll check in with you in a year and see where you are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah fuck, right. fuck those. Yeah. <laughs> thanks, Liam. Nice one, bro. Thank you, man. Nice one. Smashed it, bro. Does anybody know where the afters is?